Oh, have I listened to Logic's music, my friend? No, I haven't ever heard a Logic song. <laughs> if you were to ever, what the hell else would I marry? Jesus Christ, Logic! My favorite food is, uh, you know, I'm a big, I'm, I'm a McDonald's guy. Really? You know? Yeah, I like a, I like a, a Happy Meal because they give you little prizes. You know, yes, I understand when you're filling stadiums with three million people, all of whom are holding up those little cell phones with the lights on them and saying, "Oh, we're here. Don't worry, we're still here. We haven't left yet." I'm not going to tell you anything. Why not? I could have you killed for just asking the question. Older than God. Let me tell you something. You wouldn't know it. You wouldn't think it. William Howard Taft, best fuck you've ever had. <laughs> They're looking at each other going, guys, we thought we had a podcast. Yeah, we got one. What's up, guys? It's Logic. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? What's up, guys? It's Logic. Are you all here with me? Is this what you want? Hello, everybody. Welcome. I'm Logic. This is Logically Speaking. And today uh, I am sitting alongside an amazing man, creator, actor, comedian, writer, producer, singer, one of my favorite musicians of all time, Mr. Seth McFarlane. Hello. Lovely to be here. Thank you. Well, I mean, I'm in your fucking life. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I didn't have to leave my house. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have yeah, to leave no, your house. Thanks for coming, I guess would be yeah, the, I appreciate the right that. thing to say. It's actually really cool because as a person, like I know what it like what it's like to have somebody kind of invade your space. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate you letting us um be here today. It means a lot. Absolutely, man. No, it's my pleasure. For You've sure. invaded this space before. I have. This is actually literally right here is yeah. where you recorded your verse for self-medication yeah, off my yeah. album. And that was really cool, kind of coming here for the first time and, and meeting you. And honestly, you know, um, especially just in the world of entertainment and like all that you've accomplished. It's like, you're so you're such a young man, like for real dude. And you've accomplished so much. So like to come here as such a fan of you and to be invited into your home when we recorded that, it was really special. I wasn't sure what I was going to, you know, meet uh, the man I was going to meet. Not what who I was going to meet. Yeah. And um, I was nervous for sure. And I'm a little less nervous this time because I had two scotches before I got yeah, here. Yeah, you had some bear fight. I, I, I had some bear fight <laughs> brought to you by Seth McFarlane. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going a little easy tonight. I had a lot of bear fight last night. And it, so was, I'm it looks just, like just an alien a, cocktail. It from, is. Uh, it's just a very, it's a, yeah, it's just, it's just Kool-Aid. Okay. Everybody likes a little blue juice. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, man, like, you know, coming here and meeting you, it was really... Amazing. And obviously you're you and I know, you know, you know, the effect that you've had on the world and, and, and all that. But for me personally, it was really special uh, to meet somebody that I truly consider uh, a hero, you know, and and uh, meeting you with open arms. You're just the nicest fucking guy. You're like everything I wish you would have been and you are. <laughs> so thank you for inviting us into your home yet again. I appreciate it. It is my pleasure, Bobby. It's my pleasure. Look at that. Call me Bobby. I like that. That's, that's who I am. Um, so yeah, for your podcast, would you rather... No, I I'm no You know, Bobby. it's like when you're in my office, I'd like you to call me, you know, Dr. Marvin, right? <laughs> no, Bobby. Should I call you Bobby or Logic? No, that's how I know we're home okay, you call Bobby. me Bobby. All right, yeah, I'm calling you Bobby. Or Daddy, yeah. whatever you prefer. Mm-hmm, anyway, mm-hmm. um... So I, I, I kind of want to just take this all from the beginning. I'd love to know what was your household like growing up as a kid? 
Uh, it was, yeah, I grew up in the woods in rural Connecticut in a, in rural. a house. Rural. 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 Yeah. I never know how to say that word, but okay. I, you know, it's, I don't think it's rural. How, how do you say it? I say rural and then rural. somebody called me a fucking idiot and it was just rural. And I'm like, there's like yeah. three R's in that. I think that's, I think that's fine. I say, I say room and I take shit for it all the room? time. Yeah. Room. Like, oh, it's in the other room. How do you say bagel? Bagel. Okay. Yeah. I like that. My mom, she, she would say bagel. Yeah. Anyway, your childhood. Well, it's like in Philadelphia, they say water. They do? Instead of water. In Philly? That's, I don't know. That's what. Water. That's how Neil deGrasse Tyson says it. So I just assume. Yeah, he's weird. From, <laughs> everybody from <laughs> Pennsylvania kidding. says it that way. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, when I was, uh, when I was a kid, I grew up in the woods in a timber frame house that my father built. Um, the fuck? He collected colonial era tools for many, many years. These, okay. these antiques that, that, that adorned the walls of our house as decor. And he decided one day, I'm going to build a goddamn house with these things. And took him, <clears throat> you know, it was a tight seven years to build the house. And um, How old were you at this time? I was probably, when the house started being built, I was probably in... I'm just guesstimating. I'm probably like the fourth grade. Okay. So you're like a solid eight. Yeah. And then around high school was when we kind of wrapped the project. But, you know, old fashioned Amish house raising, bunch of guys with ropes pulling the frame up. Um, Yeah. It's a, it's a solid, the thing could withstand a tornado. It's a, it's a good solid house. So that's where I grew up. Um, You know, parents were ex hippies. Dad was a Woodstock. Um, Mom probably would have made it if she hadn't been too high. Okay. But Weed in the house. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so that was, um, you know, it was a very nurturing, supportive environment. Um, my mother was in college guidance. My dad was a teacher. They, they, they never tried to get me to become a doctor or a lawyer or do something honest with my life like that. They were like, fine, you want to get into show business? Go ahead. That's amazing though, yeah. that you would have that support. And, and how old were you when you kind of knew that and they were there to support that dream? Uh, I mean, you want to get technical about it. I was probably, you know, from the age of two on, I was like, this is, this is where I'm, this is what I want to do. Okay. So you're two doing what? Hello there, Brian. I'm I'm two years old. Um, and obviously I don't remember this, but my parents saved the drawings. So Mm -hmm. they, they said, well, you did, you drew this when you were two years old, you sat in front of the TV, you know, with a pen, with your little baby carrot fingers and you drew the characters that you would see on TV. And there was very crude Fred Flintstones and wow. Wilma Flintstones and Woody Woodpeckers and whatnot. Do they still have them? They, I believe they still have them. Yeah. Dude, I'm that's right like, yeah. let me get one of those. I'm going yeah. to just sign it to eBay. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's really special, man. When, when would you say uh, you kind of began to do your first form of animation, even if it was just on the page, how old yep. would you say you were? Flip books. Um, Probably around, you know, probably five or six I'd started Damn, to- Damn, bro, to, that is like, yeah. you know, my parents were smoking crack when I was five <laughs> and six. Like, that's well, amazing. Well, I didn't say that mine weren't. <laughs> uh, wow, <laughs> you man. You didn't that, ask me that question. I like that. That's incredible. Maybe that's why it was working so well. So as a kid outside of this, I mean, did you have any other hobbies or was this kind of your whole life? Um, you know, my sister and I were both very- Involved in the local, I was like the local music. Shout out Rachel. Yeah, Rachel, Rachel yeah. McFarland. The God. Um, we were both involved in, in about to say the local music scene, but even that sounds just too. Sounds like you're Eminem in yeah, Mile when you say it that way, like Papa Doc. For a sound, for a town with like 12 people in it. Okay. But, you know, we both did a lot of local 
musical theater, that kind of thing, you know, Gilbert and Sullivan, Rodgers and Hammerstein, all the, all the classics and whatnot. And that was really the only other thing that occupied my time artistically. It, it always took a backseat to the drawing. The drawing was always, was always the priority. Wow, man. That's crazy. You know, when I was a kid, I used to just draw Dragon Ball Z. You ever heard of Dragon Ball Z? I sure have. I would just draw like these these characters who were like fighting. And my mom, she was like super like Bible thumper. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> but um, yeah, she would always like rip them up and throw them in the trash. So I didn't really have- What is that? that? What is, where does that phrase come from? Is there a lot of like- Bible thumpers? Thump actually no, it's when they take the Bible and beat the shit out of you when you do something oh, wrong. Oh, is that what it is? No, I don't know. I thought it was like something <laughs> way more innocent. Like they're thumping it like this. Yeah, like it's clapping. in here. Yeah. It's in here. I don't know. Don't maybe. have gay sex. <laughs> you know, it's like- that, I thought that's what they did. That was a crazy thing, not to just like take this insane tangent from your beautiful childhood. <laughs> but like, I remember when I was a kid, you know, my mom would always say like, homosexuals will not enter the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> so I was like being raised with this. Yeah. And I never felt that way. And I remember as uh, probably around 12, I saw this documentary and it really changed my, my perspective on everything. And it was like, kind of like a, I forget, it was some kind of a documentary, uh, uh, situation. And there was a group of people sitting in a circle and there was one gentleman talking about, uh, what it was like knowing that essentially he was, you know, in the closet his whole life. And he was 17 star quarterback. His dad was a Marine. He was supposed to go, you know, serve our country, all this yeah. other shit. And he just knew, you know, he was faking it, had a girlfriend. They never did anything right. together. It just right. wasn't, it, right. it wasn't who he was. And he knew in his heart of hearts that he was attracted to men. He wanted to be with men. And he was so scared because he thought he would be ostracized from his family. And I remember watching this as a kid and he t then goes on to tell the, the story, long story short, that he basically, he came out, he told his father and his father beat him an inch from his life. Wow. Cast him out. Oh my God. And he never had a relationship with his family ever again because well, his father. Yeah. Who can blame him? Exactly. And that was the moment whenever I heard people be like, it's a choice. Yeah. It's a fucking decision, yeah. brother. And I was yeah. like, no, it is not. Who in their right mind? That's my, my cousin is gay. And that was exactly what he always said. What, you know, with the way we've been treated, who would choose? Who would make that choice? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Nowadays, hopefully better. For sure. So back yep. to your great childhood. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, it got dark there for a second. I know. Um, who was your uh, first crush? My first crush, God, wasn't for everyone my age, wasn't it Alyssa Milano? Oh, wow. <laughs> on, on nice. The, on Who's the Boss? I well, like apparently that. Apparently, my friend Scott Grimes, who is on the Orville. Oh, shout out, Scott. Yeah. Sings like yeah. Michael Jackson's yeah. ghost. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. Apparently, I think they might have actually dated. What? Yeah. This is like the big revelation one day on the Orville set. Wow. I could be wrong about that but I believe they actually dated. My first um, crush was a, a little girl. I forget her, what her name was. Also, I was a little boy, so it's not weird. Uh, and uh, I just forget, but she was in a green dress and she was so sweet. And it was like first grade. That's very Charlie Brown. For sure. Yeah, you very know? peanuts. Yeah. And I go up to her and I, 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 I don't know what it was. I, t I had some piece of shit ring. I was like, some, I don't know, I had a fucking bubblegum wrapper <laughs> or something. And I give it to her and I'm like, will you marry me? And then she has two kids hold me by both arms and she kicks me in the stomach. Oh my God. There's, there's yet another and story. I loved of, it. Yeah. <laughs> yet your second story you've told about somebody getting beat up. Yeah, that's true. Welcome yeah. to my childhood. Yeah, I guess, man. So, um, I'm going to pace myself here. Why? No, it's just. It's, I'm too it's, in. You're fucking an, up. It's just Kool-Aid. No, no. It's just Kool-Aid. Come on. Yeah. Have you ever drank Kool-Aid? I have. Have you ever actually drank Kool-Aid? Oh, Yeah. 
Oh yeah. I feel like in like a, in the sticks, they make like something completely different. It, uh, well, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a good, yeah. I do remember like my parents. fresh berries. There was something called juicy juice juicy that my juice. parents, it came in like a big yeah. giant can and you opened it with one of those I like things that. that left like a triangular oh, hole. Yeah. Very white. Yeah, it was very, and very like, it was like the way, there was always like some brand that wasn't the one you really wanted as oh, a kid. Dude, it's tell like, me about it. Like you got, you, like, I'm not going to get you Hubba Bubba, uh-uh. but you, you, you're getting, you're getting a bunch, some, you're getting some, Bubba Gump shrimp. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. Yeah, yeah, Bubba yeah. Bubba. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, for me, I always like really like was obsessed uh, with uh, peanut butter crapped and crunch. And my mom would always give me peanut kick. butter crapped and crunch. Crapped and crunch. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom would get me kicks. Yeah, kicks, yeah, bro. Kicks yeah. is like cardboard. Yeah, yeah. My dad called it chemical cereal. <laughs> you don't want that. That's chemical cereal. Chemical cereal. <clears throat> yeah, that's uh that was that's a thing that doesn't exist now. If you notice, like the the amount of everything was a cereal. Like every time a movie would come out, uh, there would be a cereal to like just some like sugar. They just pumped us full of sugar back then. Yeah, but also I know this is might sound random, but print media is dead. So it's mm. like when you could promote something with this or that or that, like nobody yeah. does, unless you're Travis Scott and you have your own McDonald's. <laughs> Travis Scott, he's a rapper. He has his own McDonald's meal. Does he meal. really? Yeah. Well, he doesn't have a McDonald's. He had a McDonald's meal. And yeah. then Jack Harlow, another rapper, yeah. he had, uh, he has a, the fucking KFC because he's from Louisville, Kentucky. And they gave him his own KFC meal. I mean, you made it. Yeah. You're from Kentucky yeah, and you yeah. have your own KFC meal. Like, fuck that guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but anyway. So you're a kid, you're two years old, you're already a genius, you know, uh, you know what you, you want to do with your life. Was there ever a moment of doubt or like you wanted to play baseball or anything like that or? No, no, there, um, <clears throat> I never wanted to play baseball. I, mean, I do remember my, my dad taking me out into the backyard at one point. Oh shit. Where's and, this going? <laughs> like, and he had, he had an actual baseball and okay. I said, you know, of course this, I was like, what was that, probably, you know, 11 years old or so. Mm. I said, maybe shouldn't we start with a tennis ball? You know, something a little, a little less of a potentially deadly projectile. And wow. <laughs> the first time he threw it, this, my reaction was this. Mm. And I got just bashed in the, in the jaw. And it was like, we, we just, we're not doing this anymore. Did he let you know it was coming? Yeah, yeah. I think this was like, a, you know, it was, it was the 80s. And so it was like, as progressive as they were, there was still like, you know, I always dreamed of having a son that I could play ball with. And yeah, I, mean, I think I, now he's over it. I used to wish I could play catch with my dad. Too bad he was just catching cases. You know, he was in and out of jail and things like that. But that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's okay. almost a Rodney Dangerfield joke. I try. You know, I do yeah. these bits. Uh, play catch with my dad. He's too busy catching cases. Yeah. yeah. Even from my dad, I get no respect. <laughs> um, so have you ever caught a, a baseball? Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's yeah. a good one. I mean, you have no way to verify that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's awesome. Okay. So high school, what was that like for you? High school was, um, uh, have you seen either Dead Poets Society or, s- or School Ties? Yeah. Yeah. That was the kind of high school I went to. Okay. I went to my, my parents. So like one black guy. Yeah. Uh, no, it. believe it or not, believe <laughs> it or not, kidding. my grade school was, there was one, there was one black kid. Okay. And he was, and he was there for like two years and, wow. and we, we became friends and Amazing. then he was gone. Well, why and did guess, he move? I think he might've been a foster child. I oh, said that like wow. it was some big mystery, but I think he might've, yeah, he was a foster kid. Damn, that's deep. Yeah. Um, but, but when I got to high school, uh, it was this boarding school that my parents worked at. And so at the time, if your parents worked at the school, 
you got to go for free. And this, oh, this was otherwise, this was like a very like old money Republican school. I think there were like, you know, 50 members of the young Republicans and three members of the young Democrats, one of whom, as I recall, was me. <laughs> nice. And, I like it. And, um, it, it was, uh, it, w- it was a fantastic education. Like it was really a phenomenal, as, as much as I dunk on that school for its conservative bent, it was really a fantastic education. And, um, uh, I was, it, it was my first kind of glimpse outside the bubble of my hometown because you had kids from, you know, from India, from Africa, from, from Asia, from everywhere. And, and it was, it was a very diverse school, and it was kind of a, it, it was a nice place to kind of get an early look at what the world was like. And how far was this from where you lived? About five minutes. Damn. <laughs> that's incredible, yeah, man. Yeah, I was a day student. That is, uh, yeah. that's really, really amazing, you know? And I feel like uh, that's something that's definitely needed, you know, diversity yeah. and just knowing different cultures and not even just make it about a race thing, but as a, as, as a human thing and to know where other people come from, I think it's extremely important. And yeah. I can also see how as a comedian, you know, meeting different people from all walks of life that there's a lot of bits there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which can oh, be, yeah. Uh, which can be very fun. Um, cool. So first girlfriend. My first, oh boy. <laughs> Let's go. Let's take, it there. take another drink. My first girlfriend. Um, I remember having a girlfriend in like the fifth grade. That doesn't count. But that was like a, like, I think my dad drove us to like Chuck E. Cheese. That was like the date. Nice. And I pretended that I didn't know my dad. I feel like five, like, like you said, you said the fifth grade. Yeah. So you're about 10. That's yeah. It's like the last, That's, like, like acceptable time to go to Chuck E. Cheese. I yeah. Think. Yeah, exactly. So it's, so that, that was, I think I, I think I called my dad Jeeves. What? I think I, we sat in the back of the station wagon and I referred to my dad as Jeeves mm, because yes. I didn't want this girl to, to, to know that. Of course she knows it's your dad. Yeah, I know. But I was, what, I was a kid. I was an idiot. It's funny. I remember when I was, uh, I had been like 13 and I met this girl at the skate park. I forget her name. She was really tall. Let's call her Groot. So she was super tall, <laughs> super tall, really sweet, really nice. Well, that's, there was two girls. Tall. There was two girls. Yeah. Okay. So there was a chick who looked like the middle kid from Step by Step. She was slamming. She was banging. At at once. At the same time. That's so, so funny. You're, that that. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I yeah. met them there. It's not. You know. It's and I. That's I, actually that's actually a close friend of mine. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> slamming. <laughs> anyway, so we're uh, I'm skate I'm skateboarding and they're both there, and um, I start talking to them like through the fence because I'm like the badass poor kid. And, um, I'm talking to them. We're vibing. We all kind of become friends. I get both of their numbers and we're talking <laughs> and, you know, I'm really got a thing for the step by step. This is your first, this is your first. It's my first yeah. real situation. Yeah. So I'm digging step by step chick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like she's like, she's, she's beautiful, but also don't get me wrong. Groot was fine, but she was just like yeah. six feet taller than me. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm like, okay, this is cool. So we, we, we would like all talk on the phone. We were all friends. And then one day. Call step by step, girl, sure. and I say, "Listen, girl, <laughs> I want to make this shit official." I'm being real. I was like, yeah, "I want to make this yeah. shit official." Like, dude, like you're so pretty and you're so nice and sweet, and we both like Eminem. This is great. Eminem, the singular, right? Yeah, the yeah. rapper. Yeah, and then so also, who doesn't at yeah, thirteen yeah. like chocolates? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. So I'm like, let's make it official. I want you to be my girlfriend. She's like, okay, cool, but you know, what about Groot, whatever her name was? <laughs> and I'm like, she'll be fine, baby. It's you. It's always been you. 
Yeah. So, were you this? You were this smooth at that age. Huh? I am half black. So yeah. I don't well, know if you're aware going. of that. Well done. It's a well thing done. on the internet. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I'm like, okay, let's let's hang out. Yeah. So she comes over with her mother to pick me up to go roller skating at the roller rink. And I'm the kind of guy. I don't know about you. I'm gonna be honest. And I want you to be very fucking real Absolutely. with me. Absolutely, would, would never be anything less. Be honest. Yeah. When you meet somebody and you shake their hand yep. and they go, hey, my name's whatever, mm-hmm. do you remember it? Uh, almost never. Exactly. That is how I am. I shake your hand and immediately <laughs> yeah. forget it. It just immediately goes away. So like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, step-by-step step, Groot, this is amazing. So step-by-step step, girl comes over. I fucked up. I was talking to the wrong girl. It's Groot. Wow. This is like a threes company. Yeah, episode, this is man. like really wild. Jack so Tripper. in That's my mind, like, I'm like, all right, yeah. second string, let's go, whatever. Let's make it work. So I get in a car. Yeah. We drive all the way there. And, um, I didn't call her mother Jeeves or anything. <laughs> and we get there and she goes, Groot, can you just go in and give us a moment? I just want to talk to little Bobby. Oh, and she goes, wow. okay. She goes, okay, mom. And this is the moment I knew I was poor. this is the moment I knew I was fucking poor okay other side of the tracks wrong side and um she goes now Robert (laughs) and I was like oh shit (laughs) and she goes I can tell that you're a good young man and my daughter deserves to be treated with respect and I know you will treat her that way and I want to give you this and she handed me the crispest $50 bill oh wow Hey. I had ever seen, bro. This is fifty dollars in two thousand three. That's a big deal when you're when you see your first Jackson. Yeah, right. It's like it over Jackson like a ten. Fifty. It's know. a big deal. Whoever, whoever's on the fifty, I still yeah. don't know. Anyway, I'm so. I poor. should know too, huh? Whatever's on the fifty. Of course, dude. this is horrible. So either way, no. <laughs> I take the money, and she goes, "How I know you don't have a lot of money?" And she was so fucking sweet about it. She wasn't extra. She was like, "But I want to make sure that you and my little girl have a lovely night." And I thought to myself, that's, that's bitch, so sweet. I thought, bitch, I'm only going to spend like 20 bucks on this and I'm getting groceries with the rest of this shit. So anyway, that was my first girlfriend. <laughs> so uh, your, your first girlfriend was actually, was, was, was like a, a mix up. It was like a Mrs. Doubtfire mix up. Yeah. But she ended up You're, being really cool. And we went to yeah. like uh, swim meets. She would yeah. swim. She was like uh, really so, tall. So did you guys continue to, to go out or did yeah. you have to say at one point, you know what? There was a mistake. I had the wrong number. I mixed you up with somebody no, else. I kept, I kept it going. The you only understand, thing is, is don't you? My, my mother, she was like, is she Christian? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it became this whole thing. Is that how your mother talks? Oh yeah. Really? And then I just remember, well, definitely not like that. But anyway, mm. I remember my mom like coming over <laughs> to her house for something and then she left screaming, everybody's a fucking cunt and they think they're better than us. And <laughs> wow. she dragged me out of here. You're never going to see this girl again. And wow. you know, I'd see her once or twice in high school and she was so tall, you know, she would just, she was like a Verizon cell tower. Like yeah. you couldn't miss her. But do you think she'll know if she listens to this, that that's who you're talking about? I hope so. Cause you were really nice. <laughs> You were, you were a, a good person. So anyway, back to your, uh, <laughs> who's like your first real girlfriend? We don't got to say names. My first real, yeah, I probably didn't have a, my first real girlfriend, um, until college really. Oh, wow. You know, I, I, I had a, I, there was a, it was a girl I dated in high school, I think my senior year who was way too cool for me, like way too cool. And I made her laugh a few times at lunch and suddenly like, Hey, she likes you. Wow. And so I, like what I was, I just had no, I was like, I mean, look at, I'm still an awkward son of a bitch. Like <laughs> no, I had no great. idea what to do back then. So, um, yeah, but my, it was probably college. My first, my first, what, what year would you say of college? Oh, probably junior, senior year. I was, a, I was a late bloomer, man. 
Hey, I'm a man. very late bloomer. I feel that. So you're like, what, 20? Yeah. That's amazing. I guess that's, yeah, I guess that's, uh, I guess that's late, huh? Never really thought about it. No, that's not that late. I, I really think everybody has their ebbs and flows and shit. You know what I mean? No, it's a real thing. Like my first real girlfriend, I was like 16, 17. Yeah. The difference between us is like, I never really had a lot of love from my parents. So I never truly understood what unconditional love was. Yeah. And yeah. this girl, she truly, she, she showed me what that meant. Right. And we were bombarded with AIDS PSAs. So that was really all I was thinking about. <laughs> Are you serious? I, I think that was, I seem, I remember as a kid just being constantly bombarded with like, you're you going to get AIDS. Y- exactly. Whatever you do, you're going to get AIDS. That My, might've had something to do with how long I waited. <laughs> you're crazy. So in college, <laughs> I'm having fun. You having fun? <laughs> I love it, man. I love okay, it. Okay, good. Cause I feel like have... we should be playing chess, but I don't really want to play chess. Yeah. And I'll I feel fuck like that you. would take I'll a lot f- of, I'll fuck you up. I bet you will. Oh, yeah. that's right. You play chess. I play at least minimum, minimum 20 games a day. Yeah. Do you really? hundred percent. Yeah, I'm glad we're not playing chess. It's all good. Yeah. I mean, we could do it and wager your house. We could. We could. This is more here as decor. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I didn't drink till I was like 27, 28. So I'm ending my college years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, I recall, I didn't really drink much at all in college either. Mm. And I got my, you know, my twenties and I was like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's funny because even our song, not to self-promote, but self-medication, I mean, yeah. for me, that whole song is about how, for, for me, the greatest form of self-medication has always been creativity. Like, truly. Like, being able to write, whether it's scripts or mm-hmm. ideas, music, songs, this, that. And it's like, you know, this other shit to me is just folly. I've never done anything hard, personally. Folly, folly darling. It's just folly. It's folly. <laughs> it's folly, Jamaican. Anyway. It's folly, Bobby. <laughs> so, uh, oh, a little Stewie in there. <laughs> got me excited. By the way, I am enjoying a bear fight mixture now. That is a good, uh, yeah. that's a good bear fight brought to you by Logic and Seth. Um, what the fuck was I saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but with, um, like, I, you know. I enjoy weed. I love weed. Um, I try not to smoke if I'm working, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, unless it's just like whatever. Like today I was at rehearsal for my tour. You know. You know these songs. Exactly. Yeah. You, know, you smoke a little joint here or there or whatever. Once it's, it's in you, it's in you. It's fine. Yeah. But with Scotch, you know, it was definitely, there was a time like 2020, like through COVID, honestly, where I didn't have anything to do. I was retired for a couple of years mm-hmm. and I didn't have shit to do. And so I was like really enjoying it and, and it was great. It was fun. It was never, I have a line actually on the same album. It's a song called Village Slum about addiction. And it says, I've been trying to drink less, but I feel like when I drink, I'm at my best, not a care in the world, no stress. I wake up seven days a week and get the job done. You know, I'm always there for my wife and my son, but at the end of the day, I love to pour one more like two, but occasionally three. And it scares me. Not because I have a problem. I'm the type of person, if there's an issue, then I'm going to solve them. It's more like seeing how this shit has destroyed life. I look at my mom, I look at my dad and see how drugs and alcohol took away everything they had. And it makes me sad. And it's actually why I wear this Alcoholics Anonymous uh, shirt. Look, people are getting a free show. That's true. You tune into his podcast, you get a free goddamn show. That's right. Yeah. But for me, I was just kind of scared straight as a kid from like seeing true addict heroin addicts and crazy shit in my household. Um, so I feel like I definitely have a good relationship with it now. By no means was it off the hinges, but I was getting fucked up and I was waking up hungover a lot. And then I was like, you know what? I don't like the way this makes me feel. 
So, yeah, it's interesting. I, I remember my dad, my dad is sober now. I remember my dad drinking, you know, he'd be working on the deck and he'd be drinking, you know, I, I mean, he and his buddies, what, what, I mean, 10, 15 beers over the course of a, that, that, that sounds about right. It's yeah? pretty sexual. I like that. <laughs> it's pretty hot. Um, that might be an exaggeration for comedic purposes, but, but that, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't have that. I didn't learn the lesson that you did mm. probably because my dad was a very peaceful, intellectual, nurturing fellow. Did you ever find yourself, uh, drinking a lot or anything like that? Uh, when I was point? in my twenties, I, I had, yeah, I remember like just going to like parties and just, I would just pour straight bourbon and just, you know, you know, wind up at Bob's big boy at two in the morning, enjoying a, a delicious a, grand slam style <laughs> breakfast. One of my earliest memories of you is actually with a, uh, a nice brown thing of liquor in, in a cup. And I was watching adult swim one night. Do you remember this? We were sitting no. in front of a fire. Oh yes. That promo. And yeah. you're like, I'm yeah. Seth MacFarlane. That was also in my house. Really? Not this house, but my old house. Okay. I like that. Wow. Um, But that was hilarious. And I just remember always watching that like, man, one day, (laughs) one day I'm going to sip some, uh, some brown liquor next to a fire. And then I did. You know, what's crazy? Actually, real talk. We're going to get back to the life story here in a minute, but. You want me to turn on the fire? Um, No. Because no, then I'm just going to be hot I'm as gonna fuck. I'm going to sweat and yeah, then we're going to be, be hot annoyed. as fuck. It'll it look be great. great. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be hot as fuck. I forgot what I was going to say, asshole. No, you're saying, you're saying, <laughs> you're saying, I remember, uh, yeah. Oh man. You're exactly. asking the wrong guy. Shit. By the way, that gets worse. <laughs> uh, drink it by the fire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there so you go. I remember coming to your house for the first time, the first, the last time I've only been here twice. And, um, this motherfucker. <laughs> He's like, hey, man, you want to see my bar? That's my Seth, by the, the way. The number of stories about me that start with this motherfucker. <laughs> I love it. So he's like, you want to see the bar? Yeah, let me give you a tour. This is every time I do you, I do this. Let me give you a tour. <laughs> so we go downstairs. He shows me his fucking Shadow nightclub. Shadow Stevens. He's got this nightclub downstairs. And there's all this just incredible uh, whiskey arrangements. And then he goes, hey, you want to see the theater? <laughs> Why'd I say it like that? And I'm like, yeah, sure. All right. I'll see your theater. I have a theater. I'm like, all right. You've seen one. You've seen them all. I feel like you make me sound like James Brolin. No, you're cool. You're very cool. (laughs) You want to see the theater. You want to see the theater. It wasn't weird. It wasn't like the casting couch or anything like that. It was just, (laughs) so anyway, so he takes me into this theater. It's fucking IMAX theater. And I'll never forget this. And you make me, it actually gets me excited for the rest of my life because I'm old and 33. And I, um. We're in the theater and we're talking whatever we talk about because we're awesome. And, and he goes, and I go, damn, motherfucker, you, this shit makes me feel broke. And he goes, you're young. <laughs> like literally, that's all he says. He goes, you'll get there. And that was, uh, that was very sweet. So anyway, back to college. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Wow. That was so much more interesting. No, we want to know about you, Seth. Man. Wow. That was, I, I, I like hearing how I come off to other people. Honestly, you just don't know. You never know. No, realistically, I'm pretty suave. Sounds like you're definitely suave. Yeah. You're a fun guy. You're uh, not a mushroom, but you're a fun guy. A mushroom. And uh, it's a bit, it's a joke. There we go. But I may rap. Yeah. Um, My seventh grade science teacher made that joke. And I'm so happy that you just felt comfortable making the same joke. I'm a dad. I have children. Yeah. You know, you you make dad jokes. Wholesome comedy is not dead. You want a good dad joke? Sure. Ask me to give you a dad joke. Give me a dad joke. Will you give it back? <laughs> oh, oh, shit, son. Wow. Snap. Wow. Okay. So college. 
<laughs> do you want to, do you want to hear? Oh, no, I'm not going to tell uh, that. No, joke. let's go. No, no, no. Let's go. If it's too bad, I was, people, I was we'll gonna, edit it out. Don't my worry. mom, my mom, I like I, the only going. reason I'm saying this joke is my mom used to tell this joke at parties. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to edit it using different terminology than she did. <laughs> All right. My mom used to tell this joke. Um, <laughs> Cinderella is about to go off to the ball. Uh -huh. And the fairy godmother says, if you're not home by midnight, then your vagina, my mother didn't use the word vagina. Okay. She said pussy. Yeah. That, what, you can say pussy. Really? I think that would be this, me, the same guy who said, oh, Bobby, you're young. I don't think I can, I don't think that would, you know, really. No, but you're the cool guy who's like, you're young. Speaking of yeah. which, we're getting some pussy tonight. Anyway. <laughs> okay. We'll your vagina will turn into a pumpkin if you stay out after midnight. Cinderella goes, all right, no problem. She goes off to the ball, has a great time, comes back at like 4 a.m. <laughs> and uh, the fairy godmother says, well, uh, Cinderella, what did Prince Charming do when your vagina turned into a pumpkin? And she goes, oh, I didn't go with Prince Charming. I went with Peter Peter. I don't get it. You, you don't get the joke? I don't get it. The Peter, fuck are you talking about? You know about? the Peter Peter pumpkin eater? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Did I just have to fucking explain that to a yeah, guy sorry. as talented as you? That's a good one. <laughs> Peter, the, Peter point being, the point being, this was like the joke that my mother would lead with. <laughs> well, she... God good, bless her. Great woman. Yeah. She, yes, she was. She was a great woman. That's amazing. I, uh, that's a good... When, what is Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater? I've heard that I, term. I think it's... Um, it's like I, 1930s, what, what, it's I'm like thinking. Peter, all I remember <laughs> is Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater had a wife and couldn't keep her. Is that right? I, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> had a... Had a or, no, couldn't feed her. Okay. Yeah, right, because eater rhymes with feeder. Boy, wow. Dude, that, your I mom's should, that awesome. Should, That's that all should, I gotta say. Your mom's fucking That cool. should not have taken me. I, I would make a terrible Columbo with what it just took me to get to that. What's Columbo? That's a joke. <laughs> that is a joke. God. Thank that fucking a, God. That is a joke. Wow, yeah. Well, like, what's the cutoff point? Like, when I made that Threes Company reference, do you oh, know what that course. is? Oh, of course. You yeah, know what that no, is? 100%. Okay? Threes Company. So yeah. how far back does it go where John like, it Ritter, starts? Though. Yeah, okay. Like, so that's like 80s. So like, I'm trying to, like, um, like one day at a time. Do you know, know that show? No, I don't know that. About an alcoholic? No, definitely not. I know Sanford and Son. Okay, well, that's, yeah, that's around the same time. So, okay, yeah. yeah. Is, I'm already boring myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great, man. People are going to fucking love it. So, <laughs> all right, fast forward. You're out of college. What the fuck do you do? You got a degree in what? I got a degree in film. At okay. the Rhode Island School of Design. Well, that didn't fucking work out, apparently. <laughs> no, what, a, what a disaster. Yeah. Um, and uh, my last year, I was like, shit, I don't know what I want to do. Um, my sister was going to the... I know, it's getting that... Like, no, yeah, I yeah. always do, do this because I, no, I swear to God, I don't... <laughs> I did or was that, I hope to God, that was a, no. look at what I have, man. <laughs> no, look at how many no. fucking diamonds are on this no, no, fucking, no, no, look no, at this no. thing glitter. It's a, it's a plain Jane, but I, uh, <laughs> it is from Japan. Anyway, um, no, I always, I just, I'm so mindful of my guests and their time. No, no, no. This, this is, this is what, I, this is my activity tonight. All right. It's not like less. I have, it's it's going like, to be a three hour podcast, like ladies and gentlemen. this and two other things. It's this. This all is all I have. All right. I'm not looking at the, I'm not looking at it anymore. I've cleared everything out for you, Bobby. Thank you very um, much, Seth. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Logic here, and I just wanted to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers affordable and convenient online therapy on a schedule that works for you. I'm clearly reading off camera because I want to make sure that you guys get every piece of information possible. It's the same professional service you'd get from an in-person therapist, but with the option to communicate when and how you want. 
by chat, phone, or video call. Getting started is easy. Just go to their site and fill out a brief questionnaire. Then they'll match you with a licensed therapist based on your needs and preferences. If you don't find the right match the first time, don't worry. You can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Go to betterhelp.com logic to get your first month of therapy for free. Now, I really mean it. This is important. This is special. Seek it out. If you need it, these people are truly here for you. They've been there for me. But um, what the fuck are we talking about? We were talking about uh, some shit. Oh, college film. College, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My sister was going to the Boston Conservatory of Rachel, Music. Rachel, shout out Rachel. Rachel. And I was like, God, you know, I might, I might want to do something like that. So I'd applied to the uh, Boston Conservatory for musical theater uh, for the grad program. Um, got accepted. And before I, w- before I actually you know, got in the car and drove and packed my bags and all that. Um, I got a job offer from Hanna-Barbera. Ooh, this yeah. is where it goes. Yeah. And you're how old? I was 21. Mm. Oh my God. 20, You're 21? just set up. Yeah. This is what's so crazy. Like you guys don't know what's coming. I know this. I, well, I know part of the story, yeah. but please continue. Yeah. I, I mean, I had made a student film that was, that was um, just... 16 hours a day of drawing and filming. That's, this is the myth. Like it wasn't like nothing was, you can have stuff, like there's people like Donald Trump who have stuff handed to you. Um, Huge. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. You you can actually do the same thing by, by just working your ass off. That's, that's, that's not everything. My parents also worked three jobs a piece to put me through college. So I was lucky in that regard, but those things all being equal then, then yeah, you like, you, you, you bust your ass and my, my, it was, it was luck and hard work. There was, it, there was very little talent involved with my succeeding. I don't it know was, about that. It was, uh, kind of being was, an asshole saying um, that you're kind of a genius of the generation there, Seth, but okay. But it was like 16 hours a day in this, in this enclosed space, probably about the size of this chess table. And you would have this big animation camera that was surplus from the military that somehow our college had gotten a hold of. Nice. Um, you put your drawing in, put the glass platen down, take a frame, pull it out, put the next drawing in, put the glass down, take a frame. And that was just, that was my day. And so I had made this film. Um, How long was it? That was, it was probably about uh, seven minutes. Wow. Yeah. And it came to the attention of Hanna-Barbera and uh, they, they offered me a, a job. And again, this is where the luck comes in. At the time they were, steering away from, you know, the old guard scripted programming. And they said, we got to freshen things up. Mm. We need some new voices. They had a show called What a Cartoon that was basically oh, a- classic. Yeah. Do you know What a Cartoon? Of course yeah, I do. That was how I got started. Amazing. That was like, that was my break was that, um, you know, gave new green animators a chance to do their own stuff. That's actually, sorry to interrupt you. That's, that's one of my uh, most fond, fond memories- uh, from my childhood, if I'm being completely honest, the what a cartoon was incredible because it was always like different animation, different stories, yeah. different things. These almost like vignettes. That Do you remember that terrible incredible. theme? Mm. <laughs> yeah. For sure. yeah. And I remember Gendy Tartakovsky who, um, created uh, Dexter's lab, super talented animator. Classic. Yeah. Really talented guy. Very nice guy. Um, I remember being sitting in a, in a meeting where there was some question about those of us who got there late, mm. you know, said, Hey, you guys kind of voted on the theme. What was the reasoning behind that? And I remember Gendy saying, 
at the time, and then just the room just breaking up with laughter because it's just like, all right, that's, that's all funny. we that's all we need to know at the time. Um, I love that, but yeah, I I, I did a short called Larry and Steve, mm. um, and then that, I remember this. I'm excited for you to Steve, continue. Yeah. Let me shut up, please. That got me a job working on uh, other shows there, such as Cow and Chicken. Mm. Um, I did outlines for Dexter's Lab at one point. Um, and did most of my writing on a show, Get Ready, called Johnny Bravo. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and um, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, we we uh, yeah we 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 had a ball doing that show. That show was a blast. So sorry when you that's how I met Adam West. When they picked you up, if you will, uh, they hired you. Was it more as a writer or an animator or both or what? At the time it was both. And then they quickly realized that I was a better writer than an artist. Mm. They I said, think you're a great artist. They said, yeah, you, we, we maybe are not going to have you do storyboards for us because we have a lot of people who are much better than you are, but this show needs writers go and do that. So, um, and thank God they did. Like it was, it steered me towards, you know, I mean, look, they're artists on family guy who, who took my designs of Peter and Brian and Stewie and made them make sense and look wow. better and all that. So, and may I also say Larry and Steve <laughs> was the godfather of what? Of family guy. Of, of course. Family yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. That was, uh, I remember watching that as a kid, you know, seeing Larry and Steve and you voiced, uh, the dog, just like Brian, right. In your, yeah, in, your same, in your voice. Same thing. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, I think, uh, you know, there's a gentleman named Ernest Klein who wrote, and created a book that Spielberg turned into a movie called Ready Player One. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he had had this idea for well over a decade. And sometimes, even now as a creative, I think about ideas that I have that are merely in their infancy or even just the idea of. And sometimes I get a little down on that because mm -hmm. I have so many ideas as a creator and I don't know where to, where sh what should I do or build on this or that, da, da, da. and like it's stories like that and even what you're telling now where it's like, dude, sometimes you can just let things live and if you have this going on over here, work on that. And when the time is right, it will present itself to possibly bring that back. And, and, and in many ways, I think in even a better way than if you had been given the opportunity to fully fledge, just like do it in the beginning. So if Larry and Steve had been given its own show, like family guy would have never been created. You know what I mean? So it's really cool to kind of see it that way. It's funny because you, that, that there, there was a pivotal point, um, I, I remember Cartoon Network saying, we'd like to make a, I, I, again, it's been a while, so I, I could be, you know, the brain plays tricks on us constantly, but I believe they said, we want to do a series for Cartoon Network based on Larry and Steve. Ah. Um, and I, I, what I'm fuzzy on is how many, whether it was like a 13 episode or 22 episode, but there was, there was an offer of some kind from Cartoon Network to turn that short into a series. Wow. At the same time, there was um, uh, a new head of development at Hanna-Barbera, this guy, Adam Shapiro. <clears throat> I, gotta, I gotta give him credit because he introduced me to all the Fox folks. And he wanted to get Fox or uh, Cartoon Network, rather Hanna-Barbera, back into the adult animation business. Mm. And so he, at the same time, said, listen, we we'd like to take, I want to take you over to Fox to meet some people. And I said, all right, I've never been to the Fox lot. Where is it? And he was like, uh, it's uh, over on Pico. And I said, great, great. How, where do I go when I pull in? And it was something to this effect. He said, all right, there's going to be a big mural. Uh, when you walk in, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, Buck Rogers fighting swords with Luke Skywalker, whatever. You'll see it. 
<laughs> okay. Of course, there's a big mural on the Fox lot that has the Empire Strikes Back scene from, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader having their lightsaber fight. But yeah, Adam Shapiro, who introduced me to uh, to Fox, and and had he not done that, there would be no Family Guy. Wow. Um, so props to Adam Shapiro, and um, and so I was kind of confronted with this this choice, like, do I accept the offer from Cartoon Network and make Larry and Steve as a, essentially a kid's show, mm. or do I take a gamble on a Fox pilot that I would have to essentially animate myself for wow. very little money, but if the, if the payoff comes, it's big. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. And so I, I chose to take the gamble. What year was this? This was probably, fuck, it's probably like 97. When did... Family Guy air, like, like officially. It aired, uh, it premiered after the Super Bowl in January of 99, I think. Wow. And then it got picked up? Wouldn't it be funny if that was wrong? That would be hilarious. We it should could actually, be. We'll do a fact check Yeah, on do that a fact later. check. Everybody on the internet's going to freak out. Put a little like pop-up video. Do you remember that show, pop-up video? Definitely not. Okay. I'm uh, yeah. a lot younger than you. Okay. So um, <laughs> that's a joke. That's fact. Um, no, I'm just kidding. So this is way rougher on my esophagus <laughs> than yours is on yours. Well, you haven't seen my esophagus. <laughs> you should have seen me 2020. Haven't I, Bobby? Yes. This library, this home, you don't think I've seen your esophagus. <laughs> There's a lot of cameras in here. Mm. Um, wow, man. So, so yeah, it gets picked up. And how many seasons did you do before it got canceled? Because it did get canceled. It did get, yeah, we did uh, two seasons. Wow, and that's then, it. Yeah, we and did what, two seasons. So ninety nine, two thousand, and then it was, and then it was gone. Uh, two thousand one. Um, no, no, because two thousand. Wait a minute, this is. Are you sure it was only two seasons? Because season three. No, you're right. It was three seasons. Three seasons. Yeah. And then, if it were earlier in the day, I would have. See, I look like <laughs> I, could de- I could definitely wear your skin because I know a lot about what I'm talking about. So three seasons. Three, three seasons, seasons gets yes. canceled. Yep. How many years before it got picked back That's up? That's right. Because season four. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow. It's happened. It's finally happened. I knew it was coming and now it's here. Yeah, it was three seasons. Okay. And then, um, no, I'm just realizing like that. that's something that should have been on the tip of my tongue. So it got canceled. It was off the air for two just, years. Just the tip. Just the tip. Off the air for two years. And during that time, this is how long ago it was, DVD sales exactly. of television shows uh, became a thing. Mm. And uh, DVD sales. Astronomical. Yeah. A family guy through the roof. And at the same time, Adult Swim, mm. which was around at that point, was airing reruns of Family Guy, which were doing very well. And so that's where you did that, sorry to interrupt you, that's where you did the skit, right? Where you were like, yes, I'm that was Seth MacFarlane. That's yeah, right. Exactly. That was for Adult Swim. For sure. And uh, yeah, and between those two things, it became clear to, and I, you know, I'd done other things. I'd written on a show called The Pits during that, that intermediate time in which I met Alex Sulkin and Wellesley Wild, who I wrote Ted with, mm. and I wrote our Western with, um, and Alec now runs Family Guy. Amazing. So that was cancellation was a good thing in some ways. And, uh, I got called into Fox and they said, listen, we want to kind of, and I quote, sneak this thing back into production. And I was like, I, this is, I can't believe this is happening. I thought this was dead. I thought this was gone. So are you like ecstatic? I was, I was very excited. Wow. I was very excited. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I had, I didn't, you know, I tried a couple things in between and hadn't really found anything that, that worked because it just felt unfinished. Mm. 
And then American Dad came out when? American Dad, funny story about American Dad, American Dad, um, we created American Dad while we thought Family Guy was dead. Oh, whoa. So I did not intend, nor did I desire to have two shows, uh, two animated time. shows on the air at the same time. Now you have like a billion, but yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's, I, I figured out the, how to. The algorithm. The algorithm. You right, got it. Right. How okay. To, how to delegate. All right. Um, but so we created American Dad as a response to what now seems like ancient history to Bush era politics <laughs> and, and Bush. post 9-11 paranoia. I love that word. Yeah. It's a good word. Um, what movie is that from? I don't fucking know. Son of a bitch. You like that word, don't you? Yeah, it's a good word. What is that? That's what Henry Fonda in On Golden Pond. When you ever the, seen that movie? When did that come out? Back in, it was 1981. <laughs> oh, right. 81. Got it. Got 81? it. 81? Whoa, see, there it is. We found something. I'm busting your balls. On Golden Pond. Great theme. Great theme by Dave Grusin. So wait, what year? Um, what? What year? American, American. American Dad was, I think, what is it? 2005 or six? Four. Four. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wait. 2004, we, we, we may have started production in 2004. It may have premiered in 2005. So you're telling me that uh, Family Guy got canceled around 2001-ish. Yep. No, that was a mistake. And we've established that was a okay, mistake. Okay, wait, well then when was it? When was I it already came? told you I haven't had a drink in three weeks. All right, whatever. Um, Family Guy got pulled off the air probably closer to 2002. Okay. So between 2003. So you're telling me within two years, yeah. they redo Family Guy and then go, let's give you another show. Yep. That yeah, is, yeah. and you must be just ecstatic. Yeah, I was, I, at the time I was not ecstatic about the two shows at once. I was overwhelmed. I was like, how in the world am I going to do this? I couldn't imagine that. And the first week I remember our offices on, on Wilshire, I was sprinting back and forth down this long hallway between the two writer's rooms, trying to do it all. And it quickly became clear that that was just not practical. And so I said to Matt Weitzman and Mike Barker, the two writers that I co-created American Dad with, guys, I think I'm going to focus on getting Family Guy back on its feet, take over. Wow. And it was, it was my first lesson in, yeah, you know what? You can delegate, you can hand things off to talented people that you trust. And if they work hard and they're talented, it's going to, it's going to work. And American Dad did. American Dad is, you know, it, it developed its own voice, which really has much more to do with the people running that show than it does with me. Like that show wow. is, is in many ways their, uh, their you baby. know, it's their intellectual, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's their baby more than it is mine. They, they really, they, I mean, yeah, they really, really care about that show. It's, it's to this day, it's, it's, it's nice to see. I love it. I really love it. Um, can I ask you something really weird? Sure, man. Okay. Now uh, you, more weird. It's, it's, it's a little weird. You can decline. I'm not even going to look at you when I do this. Yeah. Well, I'll look at you. Um, I'm looking at you. Is it okay? And you could be like, fuck off. And then we'll just edit it out. <laughs> is it, can I possibly, yep. uh, for a very short time, mm -hmm. um, speak to a few of my favorite characters? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you a brief story. I, I auditioned <laughs> for an improv group called Improvidence in Rhode Island when I was in college. Get it? Improvidence. Mm -hmm. Right? And if you guys are listening, Dad thanks for not fucking uh, letting me in. Oh, shit. So that's a spoiler. <laughs> I didn't get in. That's, um, because uh, I fucking sucked. Okay. So, But I'll do my best. How did you suck? Because I'm not good off the cuff. Well, guess what? I'm just going to just ask you very right. simple okay, questions. Man. Yeah. So I have a question for Peter. Yeah. 
What's your favorite food? <laughs> this is, is going to be very easy. What's your see. favorite food, Peter? My favorite food is, uh, you know, I'm a big, I'm, I'm a McDonald's guy. Really? You know? Yeah, I like a, I like a, a Happy Meal because they give you little prizes. Okay. You know, you get like the little, uh, you get the little Groot action figures. I know that's a sensitive subject for you because of your first girlfriend. Yeah, definitely. What What's your favorite uh, thing about being a father, Peter? My favorite thing about being a father is that uh, my wife does most of the work. And so, you know, I just, all I got to do is I got to watch, uh, you know, young Sheldon. That's all I got to do. That's my job as a father. All right. I, I appreciate that, Peter. I, uh, we're all good there. I just want to just talk to your son for a minute. Stewie. Yes. Um, what was that? Oh, you're all good there. You're all good there. I, I feel just, like there's a bit of tood. No, there's no tood. tood. I, I love Peter. You know, yes, I understand when you're filling stadiums with three million people, all of whom are holding up those little cell phones with the lights on them and saying, oh, we're here. Don't worry. We're still here. We haven't left yet. Okay. All right. A lot of tood from you. <laughs> um, how old are you? I am one. Okay. You're, one year old. You're one, you're one year old, and yet you just have such an incredible vocabulary. How did that happen? Oh, thank you. Oh, vocabulary. Oh, yes, I do have an incredible vocabulary, don't I? There's an O in there. Don't, 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 don't disrespect it. Okay. Vocabulary. Have you ever listened to Logic's music, Stewie? Oh, have I listened to Logic's music, my friend? No, I haven't ever heard a Logic song. <laughs> I started that leading you to a certain place, and I didn't follow through, and my apologies. Okay. Anyway, listen, Stewie, it's been great. Um, I, myself, I have a beautiful golden retriever and I have an amazing Australian shepherd named Stoney. Brian, what do you think about that? <clears throat> Usually Brian's voice is much lower than this, but as you can, <laughs> as you can hear, I sound like Joy Behar <laughs> after I don't know a who long that is. day of meetings, but I'll do my best. I'll do my best. What was the question? What's your favorite... What's my favorite? What's your favorite drink? My favorite drink. Yeah, Brian. I'm a bourbon man, my friend. Wow. Yeah. How's that, how's that work on your esophagus over time? Oh, it just does a hell of a lot of damage. Wow. But uh, I enjoy a bear fight. A bear fight is I honestly... A, I enjoy a bear fight with It's incredible. I yeah. love it. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, Seth MacFarlane sent me a whole case of it. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, you know, he has a lot of them, so it's a case is like nothing. It's All like right. a drop in the bucket for him. Two more people. Yeah. Actually, three You think more. that's a big deal, but honestly, he does it for like literally everyone he knows. Three more people I want to talk to. <laughs> um, what is that? When, what is it? <laughs> what the fuck is that? That's, you're really in it. That's like, I still, I had like a chest cold no, like but three weeks it. ago and it's still that, kind of there. Yes, yeah, that, uh, fuck. you're in it. You know what I mean? You got it. It's like a Mucinex. It's a Mucinex <laughs> ad right there. <laughs> Clear oh, this you, up. You too. Clear you too. this up with bear fight. Yeah. Music Take one GM. drink and it's gone. Um, They're looking at each other going, guys, we thought we had a podcast. Yeah, we got one. So I, myself, I'm a monogamous guy. So this next question- I would hope so as a married man. This next question is for Quagmire. Yeah. So you, if you were to ever marry a woman, do you think that you could be faithful? If you were to ever- What the hell else would I marry? Jesus Christ, Logic. Right, that's enough there. Um, okay. All right. All right. Two more. Last ones. I promise. And then we'll move on. We'll talk about real shit. Um, Stan, what's it like working for the CIA? That's classified, my friend. <laughs> no, seriously. You're not going to tell me anything? I mean, I'm not going to tell you anything. Why not? I could have you killed for just asking the question. I mean, could you really have me killed? I could, I could have you like to say your check, please. Okay. That is enough. I don't want to die. And last but not least, the the person who... And by the way, it will be least. 
<laughs> Go ahead. I know. I know what you want to. You know, I know. I know who you want to hear. I know. I know exactly who you're angling for. Roger. Oh my God! Have him come out in his wigs and his little <laughs> dresses and his heels and his and his corsets and all those wonderful things that he. Actually, I was, wish I was wearing all that right now. As oh a matter my of fact, goodness! Now that I hear myself saying it, Roger. Let me ask you a question. Uh, how, what is it like just being like older than God? It's crazy. You've been around forever. You've experienced life. You've been to a million different planets. Why? Why love Earth so much? I mean, I know you were. I know you. You crashed here. You landed. It's a whole thing. But you seem to really enjoy it. I mean, you literally created disco music. Older than God. Let me tell you something. You wouldn't know it. You wouldn't think it. William Howard Taft, best fuck you've ever had. <laughs> well, thank you very much, everybody. I appreciate that. Wow, you are a showman. No, you are, no, no, you are. You are truly. You are truly a showman, and you have made hundreds of millions of people around the world laugh. How does that feel, man? Yeah. Look, if, if we can, if we can entertain people and make them forget about their troubles for, for like, what the, I, I sound like Joel Gray in, <laughs> in, in, in Cabaret. Who the fuck is Joel Gray? Joel Gray <laughs> was starred in a show called Cabaret. He, okay. he, he played the master of ceremonies and MC and MC. Yeah. MC, right. That's what, well, yeah, that's what the kids say. <laughs> MC. You know, if you want to be all 2023 about it, <laughs> leave your troubles outside. Oh, wow. In here, all is beautiful. That's my Joel Gray impression. You don't know who that is. I'm going to go look that person yeah. up. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I just heard his voice spot on. Though. Yeah. But no, for real, like, look, I, I, I you know, um, it's not a fucking competition by any means. You know, I'm blessed enough to have millions of fans around the world and it's amazing. And when I know that I've created art. Yeah that has helped them, it, it really makes me feel special. And a lot of the time when I, when I meet people and they're like, oh my God, you changed my fucking life, bro. Yeah. I'm always just kind of like, oh my goodness, thank you. That means so much. Like it's, it's kind of hard that, to take but, that. But, that. but that has to be very cool. There, there's, I saw a, a video that you posted on your Instagram of like, it's- Wait, it's, hold on. You, you be looking at my Instagram? Uh, dude, I like my, your in, in, Instagram recommends oh. your shit to me. Okay, continue. So tell me more about it's how like great one of these stadiums where it's like two tiers. Uh. Of every, and everyone's got their cell phones and all going like this. It looks like a twinkling star field. For shizzle. And that must be pretty fucking cool. Now, that's something I have not experienced. Um, not to that degree. Wow, you're making me feel really awesome right now. Thank you for that. But um, it, because it's your music, it's your lyrics, it's, the, it's, it's things that you... Like, that's a, that's a... And I will tell you this. Any animator, you, well, not any animator, but many, many animators that I have worked with have a band on the side... Mm. do music on the side. It's what they kind of secretly want to do. Wow. Um, that, that doesn't necessarily go for me. I'm, I'm, I'm happiest doing nothing really, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I always kind of want to be doing the thing. Like if I'm singing, I'm like, boy, I'd sure like to get back to the drafting table. Mm. If I'm drawing, I'm like, boy, I'd sure like to be singing a tune, which is a real healthy place to be. But in your case, it's, it's, you're kind of living a, you 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 really are living the dream. Like there's there's that's it's 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 uh, it's amazing, isn't it? I'm living it the dream. Must feel fantastic. We're in like a thirty million dollar house right now, <laughs> overlooking yet, all of the. But we are, we are. But, <laughs> oh, flex! But yet I have not walked onto a stage with two tiers of blinking lights. Well, you will in uh, June if you can make it to the show. Yes, yeah, I, yeah, I can make it. I'll, yeah, I've already committed. I'll be there. We'll see. <laughs> 
My dad promised he'd I, be there on Saturdays. I, he never showed up. We'll see about it. We'll figure listen, it out. Listen, Bobby, I'll be at your soccer game. Will you relax? I Good couldn't Lord. afford. I couldn't afford the jerseys for soccer, Seth. You know, I just wanted him to show up. You know, dad. Dad's a busy guy. Yeah, it's true. Smoking a lot of crack. Anyway. <laughs> So was it actually, it was actually crack. It was crack. My dad smoked crack. My mother wow. was a prostitute, crazy wow. shit, murderers in and out yeah. of the household. My brother sold crack. My brother sold crack to our dad. Like the why? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not funny. That's not it's funny. It's fucking that's hilarious. Not that's, like, that's like no. You cannot make that up. My brothers sold crack to our dad, and but the it's, reason they, it's a little sweet too, right? It's kind of nice because they're like, you know what? Hey, dad. Yeah. Just come on over here to apartment. Do you apartment still, do you, uh, this is, I should know the answer to this, but are your, are both your, I, my mother is no longer with us. Has you, are both your parents still around? Both of my parents are still around. I yeah. don't talk to my mother. I yeah. wish I could. Unfortunately, she's extremely mentally unstable yeah. and like kind of racist. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird. Good, good combo. All, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. All her kids are black. Right. Let's put it this way. One of my most uh, is memorable. Your, is, is your mother Lauren Boebert? Definitely. I don't know who the fuck that is, Seth. What oh. is this? The twenties? Oh, victory for the Democrats. Anyway. So my mom. By the way, can we just rephrase that? Is your mother Lauren Bobert? I don't know, Seth. I don't know who that is. What is this? The 20s? They haven't gotten to everyone. All right, go ahead. All right. Anyway, I don't know how that's funny. So listen. <laughs> you will. You can, you can look it up I'll after look, this. I is. will Google this and then laugh. <laughs> my mother, I'll never forget, man, when I was 16 years old. I have a nice dad bod now. I think I look healthy, but I got a, a, a slight bitch tit going on. I enjoy it. It's fine. It's from this. It's from all the bear fight, and um, actually, no, it's not. Bear fight brought to you by Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> Listen, and Logic. it's still alcohol. It's great. No one's advertising it as something that helps you lose my weight. Mother, it just tastes great. And, I'll never forget. I was 16 years old. I was okay. super skinny. I walk yeah. out of my bedroom. My mom sees me without a shirt, and she goes, "Auschwitz." Oh my God! <laughs> wow. This is the woman I I, I grew up with. You she know, she thought that, that's that's. Bipolar. That's her way of saying you're not eating enough. You got to eat more. I I mean, but she couldn't afford it. We're on food stamps and she's spending the last of the shit on fucking cigarettes. So this is my life. So was that like a wake up call for her? Like definitely not. She's still asleep. (laughs) What the fuck do you mean? Once again, dad comment. There we go. Yeah. And it is what it is. But yeah, my dad, um, yeah, my dad was definitely on on a lot of drugs and you know, he's, he's doing better now. So I don't, you, you have a relationship with your dad? I do. Yeah. I, I, I do. If you can call it that. No, I, I feel like we're trying to work it out. There's been a lot of boundaries. One of the last times I yeah. spoke to my dad, he asked me for a million dollars to create a studio house for him and his band. So yeah, there's that going on. Yeah. You know? and, and how is his band? How is his band? Well, he's, you know, father's a black man, yeah. uh, African percussion, congas. Yeah. He's a singer, loves Prince. And he would have been really great if not for the crack. Right. But actually, right. if I'm if I'm being serious for a second, I let my father back in my life because I imagine myself in my 50s or 60s and he's long gone because I drew those fucking barriers that he's crossed every single time. Because mm-hmm. every time I see my father, he asks me about money. He asks me about, take me on tour, boy. Let me play some congos behind you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, let me play some congas. And I'm like, shut up. And every time I'd put him out of my life, but this last time I let him back in my life and he comes to my house and the first thing he asked me to do is pay all his bills and buy him a truck. And I say, instead of fuck you and sending him back home on a first, uh, first class plane ticket, I say, why the fuck are you asking me this? I made it very clear. Don't talk to me about money. Don't talk to me about music. I just want a dad. 
and he goes, I don't know. He looks at me in the face and I, I, it's probably the best answer he could have ever give him. Yeah. And then he later sums that up with, well, here's the kicker. So after my father had me, he did two things. He got a paternity test, clearly. <laughs> and um, he got a vasectomy. <laughs> I don't know how great that makes me feel, but anyway, so he got a vasectomy and almost 30 years later, he's in AA at the program. He's, you know, he's clean. And um, there's a woman, she's dying of an illness, terminal illness. She's dying. And she goes, Smokey, because that's what people call my father. Also, I don't know why you would name yourself Smokey when you're a recovering crack addict. But anyway, she goes, I want you to take care of my daughter. Her daughter was 23 years old. He took care of her. He knocked her up. <laughs> okay, he took care of her, all right. And a year later, after she had the baby, a year later, she dies of a heroin overdose. And my father at 69 years old has a baby for the first time. He had one in the chamber. I don't know what the fuck's going on. You know, he got a paternity test. Sure. But to be fair, sure. he looks just, he looks like me. <laughs> so there's that. And he has my little brother. His name is Ashton and he's a beautiful little boy. My father remarries to a woman named T, very sweet mother. And long story short, walks in my house, asked me for a fucking truck, asked me to pay all his bills. I say, why? He says, I don't know. And then he says, you know, I'm embarrassed. I said, what? He goes, I'm financially embarrassed. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, I just want to leave something for your brother. And I say, dad, you know what? Fuck it. You want a truck? I'm going to buy you a truck. You want some money? I'm going to give you some money. But what I'm going to do is we're going to make an album together. You've always wanted to sing your whole life. You wanted to do it. And he's a fucking good singer, man. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. You wanted to do it your whole life. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to do a fucking album. We're going to make it all about the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations of family. I am going to give you publishing and 50% of every dollar you make is going to go to a trust for my little brother mm -hmm. that you, me, nobody can touch until he's of age. And the rest goes to you to take care of that boy and do whatever the fuck you want to do. How's that sound? And he goes, sounds great, nigga. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> but that does sound great. That's it, a great, that's a, that, that's a great answer to that. But first of all, you know, look, I don't know is sometimes the smartest answer you can give to a question, but yeah, it, that's, that's a, that's a, oh my God, that's textured. Yeah. But you know, I think the thing is, is now that we're talking about me, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> my whole life, you know, like for real, like my, my father, he always promised he would show up and he never did. And yeah. I think this is kind of a, a way for me to be able to give him what he wants in a yeah. selfish manner, but do the best that I can to teach him a lesson and show him about black ownership, investment, truly yeah. understanding the worth of a dollar. And I'm, I'm with it. Instead of doing what I've done a million times before saying, why yeah. are you asking me for money? Why are you doing this? You know what? Let's see if it works. And he's, yeah. And, and again, look, I mean, it, it, you, you, his, his story is, I, you know, his story. I don't I know his I, fucking story. I, I don't, but you know, it's, yeah, sometimes it's, it's, it's like, it's like, this is a terrible analogy, but it's like giving a, you know, a bunch of cars drive by the guy panhandling on the street yeah. and the one person that stops and gives them, you know, 10 bucks it's like, why not? What's the downside? That's how I see it. I mean, I did buy him the truck and then he goes, son, this is a bad buy. <laughs> the first <laughs> thing the motherfucker says to me, he gets it from the dealership. He goes, I need the Acura. 
and I like stop. <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah, yeah. I stopped and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. I just bought this guy a great car. Da 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 da. It's not good enough. And yeah. it almost feels like me, like I'm never good enough as a kid. And then I just got to stop all that shit and I go, all right, you want the next best shit? Here you go. Yeah. Because it's just like, I've always done the no dad, no dad, no yeah. dad. So now I'm kind of like, yeah, fuck it. Let's see what happens. And if anything, if I'm just being completely honest to the whole wide world, it's just more material to write about on this fucking album that yeah, I'm doing yeah, with my dad. Yeah. So. It's, it's so complicated with family because obviously cliche, you don't choose them, but they essentially... They they have first crack at your brain, yeah, uh, and definitely a lot of crack. And, that's for sure. <laughs> and much of that was not a, a a pun on purpose, but yeah, yeah, you made it work. <laughs> yeah, you're just a genius. But but it is it, it is they, they they there's a lot that your parents imprint upon you that whether you like it or not. Again, the stories you hear, the experiences you have at that young age any neurologist will tell you that they, they inform a lot more about your life than mm. you think you do. And a lot more about your life than you want them to. As a, and as a, as a father, sorry so to cut you yeah. off, having a child, you know, my, my little boy's three, I have another one on the way, little Leo, who I named after my best friend. Congratulations. And thank you very much. Yeah. I've been fucking. And, uh, and is, is Mr. DiCaprio flattered? He is very flattered. Yep. It's funny actually, because like, so my best friend's name is Leon David. And so I named my son to be Leon David, which is his, uh, my mother's father's middle name, David. And, uh, we call him Leo because I mean, who doesn't love Titanic? <laughs> um, but seeing my son, everybody loves Titanic. I mean, we get it. We get it. It's, it's great. a great movie. Everybody loves it. Best picture. My God. Yeah. But that bitch it. definitely could have fit that motherfucker on that door. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, there's all this space for her ass and she, he just like, I love you. And he floats fucking fuck goes away and he's dying. What the fuck is that shit? Anyway. Good for you. You just use that mic like an old time radio drama. Speaking of radio just, dramas, did I ever tell you about what I did with Morgan Freeman? That's not even out yet. It's crazy. Whoa. Is this, is this, I uh, do it. No, that, that's a that's a hell of a sentence, right? Oh, it's there. insane. I got to tell you about it. Basically, long out story like, short, out like out like it's a something. You, no, it's not creative, out yet. Like or out it's like done. It's recorded. Like Ronan Farrow is gonna. I don't know. know who that is. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know Ronan. Fa okay, all, all right. right. Come on, bro. No, no, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's a hard hitting. Forget it. All right. Okay, so I created a uh, story called "The Ballad of Rooster Jenkins" about a runaway slave in eighteen. The Ballad uh, of Rooster Jenkins. Yeah, eighteen sixty three. Yeah, uh, upon uh, the Emancipation Proclamation, and this fucking awesome slave runs away from the plantation and goes on an incredible adventure. But it's not like. It's not like hella deep, like crazy. It's like rap Django. Yeah. It's like suck fucking he's so in, fun. He's Indiana Jones. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, Morgan Freeman narrates the entire thing. It's already done. I got some of the greatest voice actors to do. I got Phil Lamar. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. I got yeah. Uh, Steve Bloom. I got uh, Carlos Elizraki who yes. played Rocco. Yeah. I yep. got fucking everybody. Uh, Mary Elizabeth uh, McLenn is directing. It's yeah, fucking insane. You got some insane. good people. But um, that's just a fucking side note. Looking at my son... <laughs> it shows me like I think about this like smoke filled infested house with roaches. My roaches had roaches. Okay. Like it was like crazy. All right. I had powdered milk and wild shit. And I look at that and I just never know how my parents could have treated this little boy. Cause I look at my, my baby yeah. and I see myself and I'm yeah. like, how could you treat this little boy that way? And I know that deep down, 
that's addiction. And I can't, yeah. I can't hold on to this like negative aspect and all this mm-hmm. anger. You just have to let it go. And it is what it is. And, and addiction is, is the, you know, it's like, you look at something like COVID, the way people feel about lockdowns, they resent them. Mm. They hate them. We didn't have to do this. This is horrible. And yet what people don't realize the lockdown is the last line of defense when you didn't prepare for wow. any of the, any of the earlier stuff. Yeah. The lockdown is the last line of defense. That's what you do when you had no infrastructure in place to prevent the thing from happening in the first place. And that's the side note, biggest misconception about COVID. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like addiction is, is, you know, whether through, through their own actions or through just their lot in life and the inequities of, of society, that was where they wound up was addiction. Big question. Yeah. What makes you happy? That's a very, very good question. I, I can, I can distill that down to, um, something that I put into the Orville because it was a thought that occurred to me randomly at some point during some day when I was writing, um, Happiness, I can define happiness. <laughs> this motherfucker give me a Webster's Dictionary. Version. I can define happiness. When you awaken in the middle of the night, as many of us do, as I do often, and there is nothing to keep you from falling asleep again, that means you're happy. So, motherfucker, what makes you happy? <laughs> what makes me happy is, uh, look, I mean, I, it, it's w- the same thing that makes you happy. When, when you do... People like us are, are, a, are a, a, a fucked up breed because I'm sure you have a lot of anxiety. <laughs> Understatement. Yeah. Do you have panic attacks? Oh, come on. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. Are you like kidding? Your heart's thumping. Dude. Your I adrenaline's have, pumping. I've had a panic attack to the point where I have experienced something called derealization where it feels like you're looking through the entire world through fucking glass. Bro. Yeah. I feel yeah. you. How often do you have panic attacks? I have, I had a... I had panic attacks every day for five years, went to therapy, have yep. worked on it, and it's been a while. So it's been I, a while. I know. How yeah. long? Since a full-on panic attack, probably yeah. like four years. That's great. That's great. Every day. Yeah, I never had them every day, but I have them periodically, like just, just you know, at, at, all, at intervals. A good amount. A good amount. And the same thing that causes you to have a panic attack is the very thing that makes you able to do what you do, to be creative, to be constantly, because I'm sure you're thinking about your work at all hours of the day. Whatever you're doing, you're thinking about your work. I'm the same way. Yeah. And that makes you happy. Your work makes you happy. Like creating makes you happy. Putting something out where, look, humans are natural born storytellers. Mm. And when you get to make that your career, it's, it's the greatest thing in the world. And what you do is storytelling. What I do is storytelling. That makes you happy. When you see that connection that you make with an audience, um, for all of the evils that social media is responsible for, when you read something online and somebody has been affected in a certain way by a story that you've told through song or through narrative, that makes you feel good. That makes you happy. Um, the same thing that lets you create the thing that elicits that kind of reaction causes you to have these moments of just, of just horrible anxiety. So <clears throat> what makes me happier is the same thing that makes you happy is those, those, those moments of, of, uh, communication between you and somebody 
uh, in a very distant place. Wow, man. Um, and, uh, and boy, do you pay for it. <laughs> no, that's real. I think, yeah. uh, we put our heart and souls into our art. And I think it's, I think when it comes to our fans, our direct base of the people who love what we do, you know, Alan Watts, I say this every fucking everything, but Alan Watts said, anything you can be interested in, you will find others who are. Mm -hmm. And I have literally based my entire life upon this fact. Like, bro, I'm a black white guy in rap. Like, yeah. I don't really fit in. You know what I mean? And like, I love sci-fi. I'm out yeah. here rapping about fucking Star Wars and yeah. all this shit. And in many ways, I'm the first of my kind to put myself out there, especially on a mainstream level and do those things and talk about those things. And with the positivity that comes with that, with the millions of people who can relate to that also comes a lot of negativity, which leads me to my next question, by no means a downer, but how have you, um, I guess, kind of found your way through social media? Because b well before social media was even really a thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. You were doing your thing, whether it was at Hanna-Barbera, working with Fox, doing all these other things. And then social media comes in and you, you know, I, I think journalists are fucking incredible. Yes, so if, do I. If somebody who writes a, uh, an entire article about how much you suck, mm -hmm. but they like fucking went to college, yes. got a degree, yep. earned it, yep. take the time to go through all the things they don't particularly like about it. Amazing. Yeah. But then when you give that same power to every person in the universe with a Twitter account, has that ever affected you? You, you just said it more eloquently <laughs> than I ever could. It, it is true. Like I, I am also, I, 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 I'm, I, I will defend to the death the presence and existence of journalists. Mm. Um, as you said earlier, print media is in trouble. It is yeah. I mean, look, the way I, I mean, I look at it like when you look at a, a New York Times article on Instagram. Mm. <clears throat> That's and, funny. That's a funny sentence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, but they do have an Instagram and you look at the headline and you read it and you maybe click on the link and you read the story. That story, um, whether you agree with it or not, whether you connect with it or not, has been written by somebody who did the research, who did the work, who did the footwork, who <clears throat> um, put, in, put in the hours to, to at least make an attempt to communicate the truth to their audience. And yeah, they're not perfect. You know, they're not Still, Fox. they're just their opinion. They're, they're not perfect if they make a mistake and they do make their share of mistakes. Shout out Complex. Y'all fuck up all the time. <laughs> anyway, can, continue. You know, there, there, there are retractions. There are admissions of that. You know, that's what separates Fox News. Fox News is in it for the dough. That's as, that's as simple as I can put it. They're in it for the money and they make a lot of money and they get a lot of viewers. Is it worth it? Wouldn't be to me. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Uh, definitely not. But, but it makes them a lot of money. Complex. And, and you know, when you look at legitimate journalism, I it just, I go back to my, what I said, you look at a New York times article on Instagram and then you look at the comments and everyone thinks they're an expert Everybody thinks that they know better than the person who did the legwork. Everybody thinks they, they know better than the person who put in the hours, did the research, did the interviews, did the follow-up, did the best that they could to make sure that everything that they put into print is factual. And maybe they missed something. Maybe they fucked up, but they did their best. Yeah. And then, you know, me, Johnny Spaghetti Stain on his shirt, <laughs> writes a comment, that's bullshit. It's, 
I, 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 it's shocking to me that any press outlet just that they, they consent to comments under there because there is, there are studies that have shown that if you read an article on social media, you process it, you process it a certain way. Once you read the comments and you start absorbing the inevitable extremism that comes with the comments that are kind of reduce that to black and white, your perception of the original article is affected mm. that you go back to the original article and you look at it in a more extreme, more polarized way. Yeah. And I think that's also gauging one way or the other, almost if you have a, um, just as a, a, basically like if you don't like somebody and they kind of say like, this is why this album or movie is bad. You immediately yeah. go, Oh yeah, totally. That's why. And it's like this kind of like sheep herd mentality. Now you, and this is yeah. a real, this is a real question. You, Seth MacFarlane, the fucking goat, the man who has accomplished what we all hope to as creatives accomplish to be revered, loved, respected by millions of people all around the world for simply writing wow, and millions? creating hundreds of millions. You fuck. <laughs> Are you kidding? Dude, you're the guy. Now you, that guy. Have you ever found yourself kind of uh, flustered by a comment? Have you ever yeah. personally read something that made you second guess your art and your creativity oh, as a yeah. man? But, wow. b before I hosted the Oscars, I went to meet with... Flex. <laughs> okay. I went to meet with Billy Crystal. Oh my God, say, extra like, flex. <laughs> What just any, any pitfalls, anything you can tell me to avoid this mm. or that just, you know, and he said, he said, yeah, I'll tell you, there's, there's, um, you'll get, you could get a hundred good reviews and one bad one and that's all you'll fixate on. Wow. And it is true. It is true. By the way, by the way, flex from Billy Crystal, <laughs> I've. I've never told anyone this story, but Let's I'll tell it on your podcast. Please. When I was- What is it? Eight um, inches? What does he got? When, oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. All right. I yes. Yes. Okay. Big time. <laughs> um, before I uh, walked out on stage, literally probably 30 seconds before I walked out on stage, I had my cell phone with me because who puts down their cell phone ever? Of course. And Billy Crystal texts me and says, by the way, one thing I forgot to tell you that's the most important- Oh shit, my battery. No way. That was his text. You swear? I'm like, this guy is fucking fantastic. He was just trolling. He you. was trolling me. I love it. I'm like, it was, it was, it was like the best thing I could have, I could have, yeah. It's like, okay, the, the comedy gods <laughs> have blessed me. <laughs> the, the comedy god himself. Yeah. Um, that's crazy to think yeah. that you yourself. But how, but I was going to connect that to. Oh, sorry. Look at me an asshole. Yeah. No, no, Terrible no. Because, because what was your question? My question was, do you ever find yourself kind of in a comment or affected by a comment? Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. That was a side note, right? Yeah. No, of, of course. No, no. You read something that's, that's negative and you and that's, but that, that's the fucked up thing about social media. And that's the fucked up thing about Twitter is that we're, we're not to say we're not meant to blah, blah, blah. Anything mm. feels overly simplified. We're not meant to feel fatalistic, but we shouldn't have this kind of constant direct contact with as much as we love them and as much as they, they truly do mean a lot to us. And, and they're the reason that we're here. The degree of direct contact that we have with our fans is just not natural. I agree. It, it's not natural. It's, it's, it, it's, uh, it's not healthy. And, uh, 
you know, you then put the algorithm into the equation, of course, social yeah. media, you know, does what it does. And if I were a computer expert, I could explain the algorithm to you. I can't, but you know, it goes back to the sociological thing of we as humans are designed to have a community of 150 friends tops. That's supposedly all we can handle. All our brains can handle in a, a lifetime. 150 friends at any given time. And Tom's that, got a lot of them from from MySpace <laughs> yeah. or whatever the fuck. I don't even know where we are, what year. It but is. here's Twitter and Facebook and, and social media and, and, and these companies that, that have now expanded our friend base to something uh, that, that, that's far vaster than that. Mm. And we're having to reconcile this and our brains just can't process it. Yeah, I think I think the amount of media that the average consumer who is truly addicted, which is a majority of human beings on this earth, to social media see that that they see a day is like insane. It's like fifty years worth of shit that you could see in a day. Yeah. Of just like yeah. media and TikToks and you're scrolling and going and going. And that's why that algorithm it really I mean, it knows you. If you like steroids, you're looking at a bunch of fucking barbells every it day. Knows you know? you. It knows you. And not only, not only does it know you, but it's designed to... Look, I mean, it's, it's if we, if we want to get deep here... Let's get deep. Pioneers of Silicon Valley thought the way any of us would, the way you would, the way I would, they thought that bringing the world together in this way would be something that can only benefit us. It will make the world smaller. It'll make the... They had almost this, this science fiction vision of... Uh, a connected world being better because of it, that we, you know, it's just, it, it's, if you live in a city, you're exposed to diversity uh, as exposed to, if you, as, as opposed to live in a rural area, you're maybe not exposed to diversity rural. as much. Rural, rural, rural. Agreed. Um, how can that not make the world better? Completely understandable. Any one of us in the early nineties or the late eighties, whenever this, this all, you know, had its Genesis would think that way. But you know, it's like nobody consulted with a psychologist or a, or a psychiatrist or a sociologist. It didn't exist or, though. Like that's the thing. It's, it's one of those things where like we live in an era where we're the first of our kind. If it wasn't Silicon Valley, it'd be Death Valley. We're all headed in that direction anyway. And I believe that, you know, our predecessor, it, I, I can't even necessarily call it a mistake. It's essentially inevitable. Like this is where we're going. If they hadn't done it, it somebody else would. That's a good, a good point too. Yeah. Somebody would have done it. Yeah. Somebody would have done it. Somebody would have brought us all together in but some way. It's also like the, sorry to interrupt you. It's also like the DVD family guy version. Like the internet's amazing because if I'm being completely honest, like, yeah, sure. I shit on the internet. I talk about how it's very difficult to be me, be an artist yep. in the world today when you put something out and people say it's amazing, but then there's a bunch of comments that's like, you're terrible. You should kill yourself. I hope your baby gets AIDS. Yeah. Like, these are things that I've legitimately seen. Like it's oh, fucking believe insane. Me. I've seen the same. I've seen I, the number I get once a day, <laughs> actually usually multiple times a day. I get, you know, Seth McFarlane should have been on that plane that hit the World oh, Trade Center. Oh my goodness. Every Every day. And it's, and that's, you know, look, it's like at a certain point I'm, I'm desensitized to it, but Which that, is in, sick that in, in a way is kind of fucked up. Exactly. It's kind of fucked up. It's like, it's, 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 it's people with, with who are like us with a lot of good intentions thinking, you know, we're going to change the world for the better. And they thought what, again, what any of us would think in their position but it just didn't work out that way. But also we're, uh, we're, we're ourselves and they are them. You know, one of the worst comments I've ever seen on the internet ever, you know, Ariana Grande, the singer. Yeah. 
What? Why are yes. you laughing at that? I do know Ariana Grande. Yeah, yes. I did the carpool karaoke with her. Oh, nice. Yeah. Flex. Shout out that. I got to check out that Yes, episode. I know who that is. Okay. So Ariana Grande, incredible musician. Yeah. Fantastic. Do you know who Paul McCartney is? I don't know. What not he like a roach? He's a part of the roaches, right? By the right? way, by the way, I the said roaches? this. You, did you not you get just, the Beatles You know who joke? you just reminded me of? What? Frank Sinatra Jr. Oh, I did? Yes. You're so sweet. He gets a lovely, lovely man. And, and this, this one charming idiosyncrasy that he had, he used to come in to do Family Guy. And maybe it was the age difference, but he used, on more than one occasion, he said, you know, Seth, and I'll give you a couple examples. There was a, there was a, a very famous television series uh, called Star Trek. What's back that? Back in the 60s. What is that? And I, I had the same, yeah, same uh, reactions. Yeah, for sure. At a later date, he said, you know, Seth, there was a, there was a, there was a, um, a very successful director long before your time named Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> he said this to you? Yes. Like you don't fucking know who the guy yes. created the, yes. the birds and shit? Yes, yes. Wow. And, and you know, it, there's, there's a certain, there's a charm to that. So I just did that to you. He is, he is setting me up for in case I didn't know who that was. He's gentleman. setting me up. What a gentleman. Setting me up not to be embarrassed. So you don't know who Ariana Grande is, but I do. <laughs> and let me tell you, she is <laughs> the bee's knees, brother. Yeah, no, uh, she sings Material Girl. Absolutely. Dude, yeah. A voice like fucking butter. She's incredible. Yeah. And a great instrument. She had truly great instrument. She had a um, a show and she performed, and there was a fucking bombing, like a terrorist attack at her. Oh show yes, in uh, in uh, Manchester, and right? people died, bro. Yeah. And next day, I'll never fucking forget. This was years ago, and I can only imagine what she went through and the and the and the power that she had to go through. Because not to side tale, but I remember I was the first American artist to play in Paris after the shooting. And I played at the same show, the Bataclan, and I was the first one. And I remember being on that stage and talking about like, we can't be scared. We have to, we have to fight the negativity with love and peace. And, and I was fucking terrified, you know, because I see motherfuckers in the, in the, in the, in the crowd who just stare and they just mean mugging. But yeah. really, they just don't like me, and their friend brought me, brought them to see me, <laughs> see me perform and shit. And I'm like, no, but it's like post 9/11, where you get on the plane, you're like, oh my god, yeah, everybody wants to kill me. Exactly. So after Ariana played this show, and and you know this bombing happened, the next day I saw this fucking tweet that was going viral, and people were sharing it and liking and laughing, and it said, "I can't wait to see Ariana's next show. I hear it's a blast." Yeah. What the fuck yeah. kind yeah. of world do we live in where yeah. somebody would say something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Now, but prior to social media, that wouldn't be on our radar. Now it is. Yeah. I mean, it's different if it's like, cause I mean, even, you know, comedic writing, that's different. I, and I know it sounds crazy. It's, it's definitely like, of course it's a sensitive subject. So is fucking cancer. But I believe that a great writer, you know, people like Chappelle, great comedians, they take pain and they use it so that we can all kind of laugh at each other and we can yeah. laugh at that negativity. And there's a time and a place. I think there's a much different space for somebody like yourself to make a crazy fucking hilarious joke as opposed to just some asshole on Twitter. Personally. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a double-edged sword because on the one hand, that kind of comment is, is you know, look, it's toxic. You don't want to see it. Nobody needs to see that. There's no productivity there. Yeah. The flip side is, you know, <laughs> if you, if you read Ron Johnson's, so you've been publicly shamed, um, which, which 
chronicles the number of people who have had their lives ruined because of a bad tweet. Mm. Um, Damn, I got to check that out. <clears throat> yeah, it's a good book. It's it's it, it. Reality is somewhere in the middle. We want to exist somewhere in that point of equilibrium that that is not this or this mm. and yeah you write a, a tweet like that is um is something that none of us should have to look at yeah but, i agree yeah okay yeah. we're nearing the end of this journey and i feel like i could talk to you all night but also i feel like your security guard is gonna fight my security guard to get me out of here actually <laughs> He, say, looks pretty, he looks pretty relaxed. Yeah, he's great, but he he's, looks, al he's always on edge. He looks like he's, uh, it doesn't look on edge. No, no, he's not on edge. He's he always looks prepared. Like if, he looks like, he's like if, a I, if I went into like a karate stance, is that what that is? Karate? Yeah, that's I don't not, know. What are you, fucking Daniel's yeah, son? What is this karate know, kid? Man. Why are you dating took, yourself again? I took like three years of taekwondo when I was a- Tay? Tay. Tai? Tai. That's how little I remember. That's great. I don't remember anything about it, except, you know, the only thing I remember about my my tie is it Tai? Taekwondo? Yes. Or Taekwondo? I think it's Thai. Think I, think it's it's, thai? I think it's spelled The only thing I remember about Taekwondo, I don't mm -hmm. remember any of the moves. I don't remember any of the, like the, the blocks. Uh-huh. Well, that might've been one. Um, you just pulled a muscle. All I remember, <laughs> all I remember is yawning one day in class and the teacher going, whoa, hang on everybody. Hang on. Am I keeping you up? Oh shit. Really? That is, yeah. I was like 13 years old. Have you ever heard my Seth MacFarlane? I would love to hear your Seth MacFarlane. It's not good, but it's like this. I'm Seth MacFarlane. That's it. That's, there it is. Like when it. I tell this story, like to my friends. <clears> and God, not, it sounds like a cigarette commercial from the 40s. That's how you sound. The rich, full flavor and cool mildness of Camel cigarettes suits my T-zone to a T. I tell the story of you meeting Kanye West for the first time. Oh, yeah. I tell that to my I, friends. Good. God damn it. Good for you, because I can't tell that Can story. Can I tell the story? Because I tell it amazing. Do you? Have yes. you told it on your podcast? No, I have not. You haven't? I'm going to tell the story like I tell to all my friends to you. Okay. I want to hear your version okay. Of, of, okay. So I'm in the studio. There's like 13 black guys there mm -hmm. and I'm like this. So I met Seth MacFarlane. We went to Craig's and we, we ate some, we ate some Italian food and they're like, wow, that's so cool. And I was like, yeah, man, he's great. And they're like, they're like, is he, is he woke? Is he a woke white guy? And I'm like, he was never asleep. He's the fucking coolest guy I've ever that's met. That's dad joke number three. That's not a joke. That's that's real. You're yeah. very awake, my friend. No, man. That's like Bob Hope could have written that. And I go, <laughs> Bob Hope. Wow. Okay. And I go, uh, yeah, man, he told me, because honestly, if I'm being honest, it's, it's honestly, if I'm being honest, it's really sweet <laughs> because you go, yeah, man. Everybody told me I had to meet you. And I'm like, what? And you're like, I got a call. And By these the way, people said, meet you. M-E-E-T-C-H-A. Meet you. I like that you've Everybody told you I had to meet you. I like it. Look at this. What is this? The 20s? Yeah. So anyway, it's like everybody it's said I had to meet you. And you said, you said, uh, you know, that only ever really happened to me once before. This is how I do it. This is how I do this. This is how I do this story. And I go, really? And this is how I tell it. So shut up. Don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> you, you see me talking? Okay. So, uh, uh, and I'm like, yeah. And, and, you know, Seth goes on and I'm like, oh man, tell me, what, what are you talking about? And he goes, you know, everybody was just in my ear. You got to meet this kid. You got to meet this kid. You know, there's, there's only a, one ever, uh, other time this ever happened. I said, when Seth McFarlane? That's how you say a real rich motherfucker's yeah. Did name. Did I You're say like, in my ear? Everybody was in my ear. Everybody's in my ear. You probably didn't say that. This is why I'm good at telling the fucking story. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So you go, everybody's in my ear. Same here. And you go, uh, and you go, yeah, you know, that only ever happened to me once before. And I say, with who? And you go, uh, uh, Kanye West. And I go, shit, Kanye, what? are you serious? And you go, yeah. 
And I go, tell me about that story. Seth says, well, I'll tell you, Bobby. Takes a sip of fucking some James Bond shit he's drinking. And he goes, so I was just minding my own fucking business. And I, uh, I get a call. I got to go to this place to meet this guy. So I drive up. I pull up. Big house. Nice mansion. And there's this, uh, there's this guy. This big ass guy. He's looking at me. He goes, what you want? <laughs> and Seth goes, I don't think uh, I did the accent, just so you guys know. Definitely did it. Anyway, so he goes, I'm here to see Kanye. And he goes, hold up. <laughs> and the guy I, think I, I think I had an L in there. I, I think there was an I L thought when you weren't I told talking. the story. Anyway, yeah. so, he's, so he's, the guy's like texting some shit and he says X, Y, Z. And he's like, go ahead. <laughs> so Seth's like, thank you, sir. And then he walks and he drives in and he goes up and he pulls up. And there's another guy there to go in there. So he walks through this crazy house. And he's the like, same guy. And he's going through these, these, these crazy contraptions. And then he says, and then I ended up in a toy room. And I say, what? What kind of fucking toys? Was there like a sex wing or something? And he goes, no, it was nothing like that. He goes, there was just like uh, wooden ponies and little things all around. And I was like, okay, what next? And he goes, well, I'm in there for like 20 minutes. I'm just, you know, twiddling my thumbs, waiting. And then the next thing... Kanye West just bursts in and he's like, yo, what's up, motherfucker? How's it going? What's good? What's going on? Check it out. Listen, I want to play you this shit from my new album. And Seth goes, all right, sounds good. Let's hear it. So Kanye, he starts fucking playing his shit and he's all fucking on the table and he's going crazy and he's listening to everything he says and he has no fucking idea because me and Seth were talking and he's like, I like Sinatra. I like different things like that. And if I'm being completely honest, I really don't know a lot about rap. I respect it. I appreciate it. I think it's an, a great American folk music, but I don't know much about it. And after he listens to the song, Kanye goes, what you think? Seth goes, you know, I didn't really know what to say in that moment. I wasn't sure. I didn't know what to do. So I said the first thing that came to my mind, you know, Kanye, I think you knew the rules and you broke the rules. And Kanye looks at him. He fucking stares into Seth MacFarlane's soul and he says, Exactly! <laughs> and I fucking died. And I thought that was hilarious. And it was amazing. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I, I have like a thousand corrections. I'm not gonna correct, <laughs> I'm not gonna correct one of them. I like it. What's your version? It's, 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 uh, you know, I mean, it's. Is it a lot less black guy voice? Yeah, it's a lot less, but yeah, it's a lot less black guy voice. You definitely didn't said. do black guy voice. No, it's my, my version paints me as more kind of the fish out of water who's there kind of like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the, you know, Bob Hope in, in the Bob scenario. Bob Hope again, that's shout like, out. Listen, well, I think, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I remember being there thinking there's, there's, a, there's a thousand people who really should be here instead of me who might have a better, um, <clears throat> capacity to process what they're hearing and appreciate what they're hearing than, than I did. But I, yeah, I, I had, I had no, I had no ear for it. I'll tell you this. That's my Seth MacFarlane story. That's, By the way, that's great. Your, your, your impression of me is very, um, God damn, who's the actor? Uh, McDonald is his last name. The guy, did you ever seen the movie quiz show? Dude, 1990 quiz show. I don't know what you're talking about. No, but you're not. No, it's much later than I'm that. 33. Yeah. The movie Quiz Show, the guy who plays the game show host in that movie is essentially doing your impression of me. All right, well, go I got to see the movie out. Quiz Show. I'm going to go Don't as go soon see as it's it, out it's in not theaters. in theaters anymore. Exactly. Look at us doing a bit. We're doing a bit. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that a fucking Orville glass? Yeah, it is. You just now noticed this? Where did you get that from? Yeah. 
this or they're it's like the Hulu website. Man. I am the biggest Orville fan. That's actually yeah. how we met. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, see, what's crazy is I could talk to you all night. And we cannot do that. We have to wrap this up. Dave Chappelle skit, wrap it up. We're about to wrap it up. Bobby's got to wrap it up. No, we got to wrap it up, man. You got shit to do. Okay, you're fucking Seth MacFarlane. All right, you got. Isn't sh- that funny? Isn't that funny? You yeah. got like a harem yeah. of hoes in the other room, and a harem. You're of living hose. life. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay. You know, the alliteration doesn't make it true. It's all good. I'm Seth MacFarlane. All right. Um, few, few, few more super quick questions. Yeah. One that's important to me. What, and I mean this, I don't want some bullshit answer. I want you to be completely honest okay. with me. Okay. What oh. do you fear? What do I fear? For real. Uh, let's see. Uh, what do I fear? What do I fear? What do I fear? <laughs> a very good, I mean, I have anxiety about things, but what I flat out fear is, um, I, I, I fear, um, the real one, the real fucking answer, man. I, I, I fear the deterioration of a planet, whether it be social or environmental or what have you, um, that has, that has uh, passed the baton from generation to generation, uh, backward as far as the eye can see. Um, so basically Mike judges idiocracy. That's what yeah. Yeah. Mike judges idiocracy, idiocracy or, or, uh, Roland Emmerich's the day after, <laughs> maybe not exactly that. That's a little scientifically dubious, but yeah, you know, I, I, I fear that, that we're the generation that can't fucking do it, that we're the, and I'm sure, I'm sure many generations in the past have, have felt that way, but you do talk to people who are around for you know, the counterculture revolution in the late sixties, early seventies and who are still around. And they do say, yeah, it's a little different. It's mm. a little different. This, this is, this is a little more existential as opposed to, to, to culturally transformative. Wow. Um, so my, my fear is that we fuck this up. You know, what's crazy. And I just want to, and it's so easy for us not to, I want to take a moment and say that that's, um, it's actually really such a beautiful fear because it's so much more beyond yourself and where you are, and it's more about humanity and people. And I think that really says a lot about you as a man and how much you care about us as a whole, as humanity. So thank you for that. No, I just, I want us to have an Orville at some point. I want us to, us humanity, to be able to build an Orville. But I think I've seen that also in the show. I mean, the things that you talk about, the social media planet, all these different things that the real fans will know what I'm talking about out there. Um... You talk about a lot of these social issues and the things that we go through. And I think it's really, uh, I mean, when we're not killing Krill, uh, it's really, it's really beautiful. And I think that's why, um, the show resonates with me so very much, even down to Isaac and the doctor and their relationship and what is human and what isn't. Um, and I, I can feel so much of you, your heart, your soul, and that show specifically, I think, you know, watching Family Guy, Ted, A Million Ways to Die in the West, these different things like that was, that's you as a comedian. That's you talking about, yeah, shit that you see in the world or even the past and making jokes about it and X, Y, Z. And that's great, bro. But when I fucking watch the Orville, I, I cry. I don't even mean to sound a type of way. It makes me fucking cry and it, it, it brings me emotion and I can tell how much you care about human beings, you know, all you know, any race, religion, color, creed, sexual orientation, you're just, you're a fucking good man. And I, I feel that you want the best for the world. So, yeah. I don't have to sit here and take this from you. <laughs> 
Well, thank you, Mr. Seth McFarlane. For it's my pleasure, Mr. Bobby. Joining me on this. Is there anything <laughs> that you would like to leave uh, our listeners with before we uh, go? Wow. Anything? I've, no, I, you, you've covered it all. But, so what but, is but it th- like? Th- thank you for your... I, I, I'll, I'll say that... Look, man, the, the Orville is the easiest time. All I can say is it's the easiest time I've ever had as a writer. Wow. Family guy, as much as it works, Ted, as much as it works, it was work. Mm. The Orville was was like just it, you just so put, put pen to paper and it just it just kind of flows. Season four, what's up with that? We're working on it. You working on yep. it? Yep. You know you gotta put me in it though. Oh, I do know that. You know that, right? Yeah. You know I got the acting chops. Oh, I know. I know you can't, you can't command a two tiered venue and not have the chops. Now, before we end this incredible thing, I just want to, I just want to just, what were you going to say? Go ahead. Just say it, Brandon. Say it. What about Nora Jones? What about Oh, he's got a microphone. I know. He's got a microphone. There we go. Shout out, Brandon. We just got to shout out Nora. Yeah. She's the sweetest. She's amazing. Nora's the sweetest person alive. Dude, what a, what a voice. Oh, fucking A, what a voice. And, And it's interesting. It's only gotten better. And not to like she's still course, very, she's still course. very young, but yeah, it's yeah. like the older she's gotten, it's only gotten better. Insane. And it, when that's, I've yeah, you know, what were you gonna say? No, it's like a thing for me. It's like I, like Nora was like in her twenties mm. when she hit success. Of course, Grammy out the gate, Grammy first out the gate, and phenomenal singing voice. Insane. But you listen to her now, and it's like oh, now there's it's like that great thing made even more um, textured and even 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 more fulfilling when you listen to it. I agree. Fulfilling to the ear. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's like, it's, it's a, it's just an interesting, like we, we, we lionize and deify these musical artists when they're, you know, before they're probably, their voice has probably reached maturity and before mm. it's reached its full potential. And then they go away in so many cases. Or and, they um, don't like Sinatra. Or they don't like right. Like Sometimes Sinatra. I yeah. hear Sinatra yeah. in his old age. But if I'm being completely honest, so first of all, shout out Nora. We love you. Yeah, we do love you, Nora. If I do say about Sinatra, I can hear him. You know, like if I yeah. listen to like the best of or this oh, or that yeah. of Sinatra. But there's a part of me that's like, fuck yeah. Like some people might have been like, oh, maybe he should have hung it up. But I'm like, man, I love that this fucking guy was going until yeah. he couldn't go well, personally. How many, like, he started in the 40s, 40s, 50s, 60s, I mean, 70s, 80s. That's a five decade. I had to count that out on my fingers because I'm a right brain person. Technically even earlier than that, because his mom was putting him in, you know, she, yeah, she was taking him yeah. to like the boy groups and shit he was in. I mean, With he was five, doing, who has a five decade career? I don't know, and, Drake? And each, de- <laughs> and each decade so different. And you talk about somebody who not only knew how to, how to, adjust his, how to evolve is a better word, evolve his music, but to evolve his voice, like his voice and the, the, what happens to your voice as you get older, your voice in your twenties is one way in your thirties, forties, fifties, your voice changes every decade. And I, I don't know if it's the case for, for women, for, for men, it's it, it, when you reach your forties, supposedly that's when your voice kind of reaches its apex. And you peak, and from there, on, from there, on you go downhill. But you, if you know how to control it, and and you exercise it every day, that's that's you know when it's at its peak. So Sinatra knew at each stage what his voice could do, what it couldn't do, and he adjusted his performance. Wow. I agree with that. And if you listen to his to his singing, it's 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 different every decade, and he's not trying 
in his 50s or his 60s or his 70s or his 80s. He's not trying to do what he did in his 20s that's or his how 30s. I, that's how I feel about drinking again, the song. Yeah. Drinking yeah. again, mm-hmm. thinking of when, like, like, and you can yeah. hear it. If, and if I'm being Oh, the stuff he did with the Joe Beam, with Antonio Carlos Joe Beam. I he, prefer it when he was older, actually. You do. Because I'm like, here's an old man who's drinking again. Like, yeah. it just yeah. sounds like, it's like, oh, shit, like he's in the fucking library right. thinking about life. Right. Like, I'm drinking right, again, right. which is crazy. I have one last thing, and we're going to fucking end it. We've been here forever. I was going to, I was going to say this off camera. It's not even a question. I was going to talk to you about this afterwards and not even in a weird way. Eh, fuck it. You preface a lot of your questions like this might be weird, but. Because I care. You know, I just <laughs> want you to know I'm not trying to hit you with some weird shit. Um, I have an idea and you can tell me to fuck off later. You don't even have to answer. You don't have to say anything right now. I, I have- can wait a minute. I can tell you to fuck off later. Like I can say, hey, you know what? Fuck off. Why don't you just fuck off yeah, later? Yeah, yeah. Or later after the podcast is done, I can tell you to fuck off. Exactly. Here's what I think. Yep. I think that fucking music, especially hip hop, was taken by storm, by self-medication. I think they loved it. I think that people in that specific space love you and know you for your characters. I have been a fan of your music for years. I have all your fucking albums. You've actually given me a bunch that I didn't have on CD, which I appreciate. I came to your fucking speakeasy, amazing show with my wife. I will say you've done more for my musical presence than any of my tweets. Chill. Yeah. Okay, Netflix and chill right now. And I'll never forget. Netflix and chill. Netflix and chill. It's yeah, well, I work job. I work for Peacock now. Okay, Peacock. We have, a, we have our own version of that called Peacock and Fuck. It's great. Yeah. I like that. Brandon likes that. You like that? Why don't you bust out the microphone? How do you like, how much, what, how do you like that joke? Netflix and chill is so yesterday. What? Now it's Peacock and Fuck. How's that? It's great. Okay. There it is. It plays. Okay. It plays? Are you sure? Are you just doing that because we're in the man's house? Or does it play? I think it plays. Peacock no, and it fuck. Plays. It plays. That's a good one. Anyway, let's get back to the fucking business. Your fucking incredible speakeasy show. Joel was there, right? At uh, Vibrato. Yeah, Joel. The jazz club. By the way, best jazz club in LA, Vibrato. Vibrato. And yeah. when I saw Joel, I was like, oh, I, think I couldn't believe it. I've been seeing Joel this Joel McNeely. Yes. I've been yeah. seeing this He's fucking a genius. He's a genius. On all the albums, these vinyls yeah. that I've bought, bro. I'm kind of, I could wear your skin. Yeah. Joel, Joel is one of these great composers, like truly great composers who um, probably should be scoring most of the big movies that you see today. For sure. So I'm there. I'm at the speakeasy. I fucking love it. I remember I actually pulled out one of your vinyls before the lights went off because we were at the spot. Oh, that's right. The power went out. The power went out. That was the night of the big storm. That was amazing. Hit the clock. The lightning bolt hit the clock tower. And you... (laughs) Back to the future (laughs) reference. And uh, for the nerds. Doc, you can't just walk into a store and and buy plutonium. (laughs) Okay. Did you rip that off? I can't even do a doc to like compete with that. Anyway... And I pull out this ah, vinyl. I have to tell you about the future. On the night, I go back. There you go. That's, a, that's okay. the best I can do. Go ahead. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and I pull out this vinyl and I ask you to sign it. And you sign it, dude. And you write to my pal Bobby, Seth MacFarlane. And then as you're like in the middle of it, I pull out another vinyl. <laughs> and I was like, sign this to eBay. That's I actually did say that. And you <laughs> laughed, which was great. But I just asked you to sign it. It was amazing. But I say this all to say, I am the biggest fan of you, the man, 
the the myth, the legend from your music to your writing, your creativity, your acting. Like I really am, man. And my whole life, you've been there for me. You were there for me when my father wasn't, when my mother wasn't, when my siblings weren't. You have changed my life. I'm not trying to be weird. This isn't a bit. Not you don't at need all. to make a fucking joke, dude. Like, no, 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 no. no yeah, I'll, 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 I'll throw it back at you. The thing that I've done in my career that, that look, there, there's, there's, we all do a, a lot of things that are, that are people like you and I, we do, we do things that make a lot of money that are big successes. Um, the thing that I've done that, that has just emotionally meant the most to me, which is the Orville, you have noticed more than any other figure in popular culture. Oh man. So that means a lot to me. Thank you. And I, Shit you not. Oh, well, thank yeah. you because that show, it's like, um, and in no way, I'm just being honest. It's like you, your career has really been there for me in these like the eras, these decades of my life. And I thank you for that. And I say all this to say that looking at your Spotify page for the last <laughs> however many just years of my life and then somehow me putting a gun in your mouth and getting you to commit to do this song with me <laughs> uh, and to see that yeah, my- By the way, my teeth marks are <laughs> on the barrel of his 45. They are. It is yeah. a, uh, it's a sexual gun. Yeah. Anyway, Why did I bite down? I don't know. But don't anyway, know. keep going. I almost bit it off. Yeah. Pause. Just the tip. So anyway, <laughs> uh, to, to, to be such a fan of you and, and look at this Spotify page of yours that I've been looking at for years and years and years- I mean, I'm basically every play you've ever had. That's a joke. <laughs> and then to see my song with you, our song, at the top of that fucking Spotify list. Like, bro, you don't understand. I look at it every day because I just listen to your music every morning. I'm washing my balls. I'm listening to fucking Seth MacFarlane, Blue Skies, all this shit. And it's so crazy to be there. And then we have this amazing um, song together. And I have an idea. You know, Bobby, we need each other. We do. Yeah. It's a very platonic, you're my head or a life mate. Anyway, I think, and once again, you don't say shit now. You just tell me to fuck off later. I think given your relationship, right? Even with the Sinatra estate and, you know, all these people, I think it would be fucking incredible if you picked five of your favorite Sinatra songs I pick five of my favorite Sinatra songs. We get Joel to arrange, do everything. Two days in the studio, big band. I pay for it all out of my budget. Oh, we can split it. Fuck that. Okay. I pay for you can pay everything. For it. I'm going to pay for it all. I pay for it all. They fucking record. That's the bear fight talking, by the way. It is. Be and that's why we're fighting. Yeah. Beautiful, orchestral, big band, amazing sound. You sing it in your style, your way. And then you let me sample it, throw it in my sampler, my MPC, chop it up and create 10 self-medications and we do a fucking album together. I'll tell you what. How crazy would that I'll be? I'll tell you what. Count me in. <laughs> count me in. That, is, that's, that, ain't the, that ain't the booze talking. That ain't the Orville booze talking. How yeah. crazy would that be? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> I think that is a way. You heard it here first, <laughs> folks. End the podcast. You were, you were, All right. He's you just heard it here. He's going to, he's going to On the say, Joe Rogan experience. He's going to text me and tell him to fuck him up. Okay. So thank you so much. Thank for you. A, a wonderful. It was uh, my pleasure. I hope I was coherent. I hope my consonants 
stayed crisp. I have a feeling they did not because really, I mean, <laughs> it's been a month since I've had a drink and boy, have I had a good, boy, boy have, have I, I had a good time. Boy, have I had a good time with you tonight. Thank you. Uh, thank yep. you for being yourself. Thank you for being honest. Um, and thank you for letting all the creatives out there know that they're not alone. We all struggle. We all do the best that we can to create. I love you. I appreciate you. I am honored to call you my friend and I will forever be a fan. Thank you. But all my sentiments reversed. Boy, what a shitty response. <laughs> That's perfect. That's such a shitty response. All right. Next time. Oh, God, I suck. Oh, logically That's speaking. How, That's how every social later. encounter ends with me. Oh, why did I say that? I love you, dude. Peace out. Oh.